is the AgShip Podcast. I'm Patrick Mayhorn, creator of the AgShip, a credentialed newsletter covering Utah State football, men's and women's basketball, and Olympic sports. You can subscribe if you are not already at www.theagship.com for uh, right now, I would say daily written stories, even uh, right now currently multiple daily written stories about all of those teams that I just mentioned. Um, extensive game previews for basketball and football, both men's and women's basketball, extensive game write-ups. Um, film review will be coming back for basketball uh, in the coming days. I have not had really a minute to do much of anything other than write about the tournament that the men's basketball team's been playing in since uh, roughly Saturday evening, or I guess Sunday morning. Saturday evening, I was taking photos on the field. Um, but those will be back, I promise. I apologize that those have not been around uh, recently, but uh, com is the website. We'd love to have you. We'd love to have your support, and if you are subscribed, uh, greatly appreciate your support in uh, what we do here. I am joined, as always, by co-host Parker Ballantyne. Parker, how's it going? What's up, Patrick? Um, I'm glad to be here. We have a lot to get to. Oh, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I mean, that's it, right? <laughs> that we, we have a lot to get to. We have a lot of good. Um, yeah, we, there, there's a lot of good. We have a, there's some, a lot of other stuff other stuff um yeah we have let me do the quick math in my head we have <laughs> about 120 minutes of good and about 60 minutes of bad maybe 135 minutes of good and about 45 minutes of bad would be fair yeah that's, um, that's good math uh scotty g always says don't do math on the air yeah uh, but yeah no that's good math i know is i i know what you mean that's I a agree. great rule um <laughs> it's a good rule it's a good rule you nailed it though um yeah yeah that's about that's the about uh, yeah that's how much good we have and uh, how much bad it's uh it's oh been boy. it's been a weekend it has been, it's been a, a it's been a weekend it has been um, a weekend now extending I mean, into so, a week even yeah i mean so since we have talked last we have had um three basketball games and a, and a football game mm-hmm. uh women's has not played since we talked last on the show right yep. no. i don't think so yeah yeah we we covered their last game they're, they're two straight got another one tomorrow yep um, so yeah, just the four games. Only four games to get to. Mm-hmm. That's it. Only four. four games to talk. About. <laughs> Only four. I'm not going to do the math on the amount of time between the games because, as I as I have recently learned, you shouldn't do that on the air. Um, it felt like no time. It felt like it was yeah. just every. Oh, yeah. I was, I was staring at my phone and my iPad all weekend, um, getting score updates, and yeah, uh, that's been my life since I got home from Logan. Um, from that other game that happened over the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, just for a little, a little glimpse behind the curtain earlier today, I wrote and finished my final preview of, uh, of, of basketball in this three games and three game, three days stretch about probably 10 or 15 minutes before the game started. And it was the first, I'm not kidding. It, it was the first 10 or 15 minutes in the last, four or five days where I did not have an immediate next thing that I needed to be doing right then. And Parker, I did not know what to do with myself. I I was like (laughs) looking for something to do and I had to remind myself, like, I don't have to be doing, I could just take a, I could take a 10 minute breather. I could go for a walk around the house or something. I don't need to be, I don't have to start my next thing quite yet. There's a (laughs) basketball game starting in 10 minutes. I could just wait for that. Um, a walk around the house. Yeah. That's the time of year we're in, yeah. you know, ladies and gentlemen. When we uh, <laughs> when we look forward to a ten minute walk around the house, we forget how to have free time. 
And sometimes we wander aimlessly from room yeah. to room waiting for another game to start. Yeah. Um, just go stick, it's just it's go, about that time. Yeah, just go there. stick my head in the sink for a couple minutes, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. That's about where we're at right now yeah that's where we're at right now we have um we have several things to talk about here several games to recap we have a football game uh utah state Uh, losing 45 to 10 against boise state we have three men's basketball games as you mentioned as the utah state aggies uh emerge victorious as the champions of the cayman islands classic uh, with a th- with a trio of wins over Marshall, Akron, and Stephen F. Austin. We're going to talk more specifically about the latter two games than we are about the former, given that the former wasn't terribly close. Uh, but we are going to talk about all three and talk about some general thoughts on basketball. Um, I think the best way to do this is probably to ask Parker, do you want to start with the good news or the bad news? Um. I was, you know, I was actually going to ask if we could just talk about basketball, <laughs> um, <laughs> just as a personal favor to yeah. me, if we could mm-hmm. just just talk about basketball. But I think if we're if we're gonna talk about football, let's do it first. Let's get yeah. that out of the way. Um, I'm I'm gonna be sick to my stomach. It's I just have a pit in my stomach knowing that's looming. Um, it's like it's like knowing you have to go to the principal's office at the yeah. end of school instead of just going now. So let's just go now, get it over with, um, because like you said, we do have a lot of uh, hoops is just fantastic. I'm really excited to talk about hoops. Yeah. Um, so let, let's talk about football. And I, I do think like let's you know, it is it is interesting to have kind of the weekend that we had. And I think you look at the way, you know, just the way that I am feeling and the way that you know, the entire population of Cash Valley is feeling right now, um, tells a story, I think, about this program. Yeah. And it tells a story about, you know, it's it's a tale of two two teams. Um, Utah State basketball is absolutely inevitable. Mm-hmm. This They are very, very good. They are always very, very good. Uh, I'm tired of people being surprised when they're good. <laughs> like, they've had a new coach before, guys. This is what they do. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, you know what else is inevitable? Is Boise State stealing our lunch money every time we meet them on the football field. Uh, and that is just something that – that is life as an Aggie fan. We have hoops. We will always have hoops. We've always had hoops. Yep. Um, but for some reason – those Boise State Broncos, uh, just they they do not even look like they play the same sport as us. They don't look like they belong on the same field as us. Every time we play them, they are inevitable. Yeah, we talked about that feeling coming into this game, and we we knew it was there. We knew what the feeling was, um, and this is this is what happened: a forty-five to ten loss going up 10-0 early in the second quarter and then giving up 45 unanswered points to close out. Yeah. One of the more painful games I can remember as an Aggie fan. Um it's it's inevitable. Like this is what we feared. This is what this yeah. is exactly what we were afraid of. This is the one when thing Boise we didn't State want started, to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, when ba- when Boise State was 0 and 2 to start the season after losing to Washington in Kevin, kind of an embarrassing loss. It's a, it's a great Washington Huskies team, but an embarrassing loss. It was 56 to 19 and then losing in a, in a close one to UCF. This is what we were afraid of just last week. When, when Boise state fires their head coach, this is what we were afraid of. This is what we've seen coming all along. 
Yeah. And I mean, this, we, we talked about it last week. We, we hoped and we talked about how Boise state is not good. And I, and I don't think we were wrong. No. And that's the point. We were not wrong in talking about how bad Boise was. And I know yeah. there's people that were listening then that didn't believe us and they're going to listen now and they still don't believe us. Mm-hmm. The Boise state's not a very good football team. No, no. And it but was, it, it, they had an opponent and they were yeah. worse. And that's, that's, Let's like yeah, that's where we're at. So let's go ahead and yeah dive into this. Yeah, I was I was gonna say that something similar to those lines, maybe out of out of self defense. Um, like I, Boise did pretty much what we were saying that they are capable of doing, which is that they run the ball a lot. Taylor Green is not a competent passer, which he wasn't. He had you know eight completions for ninety three yards. He basically didn't pass. Uh, and the defense is weak on the back end, which I think it was uh, pretty clearly. I, I think Jalen Royals made that very clear on a couple occasions. Um, the issue was the other stuff, which we talked about, of Utah State also had to play in this football game and was not ready for it in any meaningful sense. It was ready in the in the first 15 minutes, um, which is, I you, you know, I, I think that they... I don't I don't know that give them credit would be the right word because I don't really know that I would want to do that but I will I will say that they found a an even more uh, gut wrenching way to do this than they had done of late I, I think this was uh, yeah. this yeah. was so much worse of a way to get to this outcome than to just lose from the start um, is there is this poetic irony uh, maybe. After the after the year that they've had, is yeah. that is that what we would consider this? The, Maybe I. Yeah, the the formal definition of irony is always one that's kind of difficult for me. I know it when I yeah, see it. That's that's always where I'm at. And this feels poetic. Yeah. Something. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's not irony, but to something. Yeah, as you're saying, to not play basically in any first quarter all year, <laughs> and then to decide. Let's only play the first quarter. Oh, dude. And and as uh, you're saying, invent a new way to break my heart and lose to Boise State. A brand new way. They were they something's poetic about it. I, I yeah, don't know what. Yeah, and kind of a yeah, kind of a cruel way. One of those old poems that was just just meant to make you feel bad. Um yeah. this was this was Utah State presents the Raven. Um Yeah, Edgar Allan Poe a little yeah. bit is how I felt through. Yeah, there's a there's a, there's a that that heart won't stop beating under Maverick Stadium. <laughs> you just hear it. It's getting louder and louder as the game <laughs> goes on. Yeah, it it was uh it was really bad. It was really, really bad. Um, I honestly, I don't know if the scoreline does it justice. Uh, it was not this close. It was not. The the game was over uh, about a half a minute into the second quarter, I think. And, well, maybe a little bit. I think Utah State had one last drive in it, and then when that drive did not work, uh, that was it. But yeah. this was yep. a this was a really bad way to do this. This was this was a really really bad way to do it. I think that they managed to make it worse with how they did this uh, somehow, which is hard to do yeah. for a thirty five point yep. loss to your rival and the twenty twentieth of twenty one tries and the eighth in a row uh, to do it in a way that that feels uniquely damaging um, within all of those other losses is difficult. Um, the because they did like that's that's the. That's the context here that I think is important to start with is that Utah State was much better in the first quarter. It was much much better. It was it was it was a far better team than Boise State was. Yeah, it was doing yeah, all of absolutely. the things that it needed to be doing 
defensively they were stuffing the box and stopping the run and forcing Taylor Green to throw, which he can't do. Uh, and they were getting stops. They were getting off the field. They got stops on each of Boise State's first four drives and didn't really have any trouble doing it. They went negative uh, one yards on three plays, zero yards on three plays, 21 yards on five plays, and 24 yards on four plays. And all four of those drives ended with punts. And I thought the defense was playing really well. I, I thought that the defense looked like it knew what it was supposed to be doing in the game. They stopped nine rushes for 21 yards. Green was two of six for 23 yards. Very nearly had an interception on a, uh, a pass that Paul Fitzgerald affected in the backfield. Um, they didn't look especially potent offensively. And I think Utah State handled it the right way. And then on the other side of the ball, Utah State did a little bit of feeling out. First drive was not pretty. Um, second drive was a, a little bit better. There was a completion of Brock Lane. They started moving down the field a little bit and then kind of stalled on on a third and one. I, I, honestly, I probably would have liked to see them go for it on fourth and two, but I get it. Um, and then on the third drive, they didn't need any time at all. Cooper Legoff found Jalen Royals down the field. He won a one-on-one matchup, which he was doing consistently throughout the night, even when they weren't throwing to him. Um, oh, absolutely. He was yep. open. He was open all game. Uh, I think all three of the receivers were pretty open all game, if I'm being honest. Uh, yeah, um, it didn't matter. It, it was they could've, You could have had Tyreek Hill out there. It wouldn't have mattered. Um, I mean, the, you honestly, I think you could take uh, just, just at, you know, Honestly, go into the NFL and grab your two favorite Aggies who are there, right? Like grab uh, Jordan Love and grab uh, I don't know is Devin Tompkins technically in the league? Is he on a team right now? I think he is. He's on the he's on the Bucks, right? Uh, yeah, I think he's still there. Okay, yeah, go grab Devin Tompkins and Jordan Love and plug them in, and they're still not doing anything. It wouldn't have mattered. Um, it, it was... uh, yeah, you could you could take all the Aggies in the NFL. You, yeah, you can get. Well, are there line? Are there any offensive linemen in the NFL? <laughs> That uh, might make a difference. Uh, well, good, good point. As yeah. Vigil is there. He plays every. He played yeah, every there, position. He there you go. It. There you go. We need Kyler. We we desperately need Kyler. Kyler Fackrell. See what he can do in this kind yes. of game. Yes. Uh, go go grab him. Bring language. him. Bring him back. Put put him wherever. It doesn't matter. Um. But yeah, the receivers were open. Jalen Royals goes and makes a catch. Really, really impressive catch. Puts Utah State in the end zone and on the board first. Utah State gets another stop and then has this really long drive down the field, um, largely from a 49-yard rush from uh, Davon Booth, who played really well. I thought I, I'll, I'll, I'll do a compliment sandwich here. I thought Davon Booth played really well. Um, he had 12 carries for 125 yards. He, I thought he played really well. He, he had this big run here, moves Utah State into the red zone near the end of the first quarter, and then this is where it kind of starts going south a little bit. Uh, short field. He goes backwards on his first carry. Just nothing going up front. Goes for two yards on second and 11. And then Cooper Lega is sacked on third and nine. Sort of a checkoff's gun situation there, as it would turn out. Uh, Utah State settles for a field goal. And then the game is over. Uh, Boise State starts the second quarter with a 75-yard touchdown run from George Halani. Utah State fumbles on its next play from scrimmage. Boise State scores again. Utah State marches 14 plays, 73 yards down the field, and throws a pass on fourth and two with a wide receiver. And Boise State intercepts it, intercepts it, moves 79 yards in four plays, scores a touchdown, and Utah State goes home. Uh, was pretty much the 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 shape of it. Um, and the rest of the game is really not. I mean, we, we'll talk about other stuff that happened in the game, but 
the interception I, I think at the goal line was the end of it. I don't they they, they were done. I, I they were not gonna they were not gonna fight back from that, especially as we learned later on that Cooper Lega was hurt on I think one of the uh, not the previous play but the play before that uh, with yeah. a shoulder injury and he did not return to the game. Um, that was it. It was that was it. He was the only I, I think Cooper was really realistically the only one on the team who could have even considered fighting back. Uh, from from yeah, what had uh, happened, yeah, where you see a 10-0 lead turn into a 21-10 deficit in about five minutes, um, five or six minutes. Yeah, uh, that's. Uh, I don't know that anybody else on the on the team really has the fortitude for that, but Cooper does, and he wasn't there, and his absence was pretty significantly felt. But I, I again, you could have put anybody back there, and I don't think it would have mattered. Um, this was not really, uh, this was not really a, a skill position game in any meaningful way. This was the thing we talked about on the preview, which is somebody's got to block these guys. It's not a great, it's not a great Boise State defensive line, uh, but somebody still has to block them, and nobody did. And Utah State yeah. just spent the rest of the game pretty much getting some exercise, running around. Really was not competitive, uh, for the last forty-five minutes of the game didn't even gesture towards being competitive it was over it, yeah. it was it was it was done yeah i mean just just reading through the uh the drive chart here um boise state goes punt 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 and then they go touchdown 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 field goal and that's halftime oh and then they come out of halftime and score a touchdown yeah on their first drive and an it was injury there <laughs> Yeah, insult to injury. You know, by that time it was already over. Utah State basically doing the opposite, you know, also starting with a couple punts, scoring, getting a field goal, and then going the absolute other way. Just uh, they had the field goal and then the fumble and then the interception and then a fumble and then a punt. Then they went into halftime. And I'm not sure how any of them came back out of the locker room after that. It was, uh, it was bad. It was, it was very, very bad. Like you mentioned, it was, um, yeah, the offensive line struggled mightily. There was uh yeah. There was a serious serious um difference in the way that these two lines played. Um and there is there's warranted, I think, frustration with this. I mean, this is this is a game that is played. I mean, the Mountain West is put together to be to be competitive. These are teams with relatively, I mean, I I know I know we're talking Boise State here, but relatively within the scheme of with, you know, all of college football, these are teams that, you know, 12 teams in football, 11 teams in basketball that have a relatively similar student body size and budget. And, you know, they're in cities that outside of maybe Vegas and San Diego are similar in in size. Like this is this is put together to be a very competitive league. Um you should be able to recruit the same size and talent, generally speaking. Yeah. And, uh, and you should be able to be able to handle the physicality of Boise State. Sometimes, at least, you know, yeah. three out of five years would be awesome that you could handle these, you know, the Broncos not, physicality. Not even win. Just, just be competitive. competitive. Sometimes to be competitive yeah. would be, you know, and, and again, like we said, this is not a good Broncos team. They came in five and five. They looked like a top 25 team when we played them. Yeah, they did. This yeah. looked like a very – we made them look like a very, very, very good football team. And that is, you know, as we said, it, start, it started up front, I think, on both sides of the ball. But this is a team 
And, and it's frustrating. You look at Boise State and who they've played. Why is it that Colorado State is able to handle the physicality of, of Boise State? Yeah. Wyoming handled them and, uh, well, well, you know, Wyoming. Wyoming didn't, but others <laughs> others have this season. Um, um, yeah, I mean, others. San Jose handled the physicality of, of Boise State. Um, there's a very strong frustration that Utah State just can't ever handle these guys. Yeah, and, and like there is, you know, I, I under, I'm sure that there are, you know, there are people uh, yelling at the podcast app right now of like, well, Boise has the NIL, right? Boise has the, the, the financial, the extra financial support. And like, yeah, it does. And Boise is always going to be, kind of unique in this conference um because of for the, sure. yeah. because of the 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 amount of money that that flows into the football program in the history that they have um i don't know that the gap needs to be eight sacks i don't know that the gap has to be that boise has nine sacks in a game and 13 tackles yep. for loss and utah state has one that is worth one yard uh and five tackles for loss and most of them were you know not all that yep. impactful to begin with. Yeah, and, and um, I think that's my point. Like, I'm okay with these guys just beating us because they do yeah. it all the time. What's not okay ever is going on a stretch like this where you're not competitive with these guys for a decade. Yeah, yeah. And that that should not be... You know, the the gap should acceptable. not the gap should not be that big. It there's yeah. going to be a gap because of the money difference. It shouldn't be it shouldn't be that significant. Um, yeah, if they're going to beat us four out of five or nine out of ten, yeah, that's fine. If it's one or two, three score games, it's college football, so sometimes it's yeah, you know, they get away from you. But the pattern of non-competitiveness is that a word? That's uh, what it feels like. Sure. Um, cool. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's I think it's close enough to a word. Um, it might be. Uh, it, it, you get the idea. Um, yeah, I, I don't think the gap needs to be eight sacks. I don't think it has to right. be uh, 352 yards rushing to 164, uh, about f- four yards, three yards, uh, yeah, about three and a half yards per carry of, of difference between the two. I don't know that it really needs to be quite that significant. Um, yeah. With and, and, let's let's also revisit yeah with an interim head coach and Ashton Genty there uh, Ashton Genty there yeah number one running back not at a hundred percent and their star receiver left that week yeah their top two receivers both out basically so, did so not, you take basically yeah, did not taking, pass the ball they had one receiver yeah. with a reception yeah. for positive yards. <laughs> <laughs> it was for one yeah. reception for 31 yards. Uh, and Taylor Green, who's not their – I don't think they're their they're choice. He's the, the starter and has been throughout yeah. the season, but probably not there. Yeah, he is the guy – he, he's the last guy standing. Um, yeah. And he didn't play especially well, I don't think. Eight of 17 for 93 yards. Yeah. He had two touchdowns. Um, you but, shouldn't lose to the twos, you know, no. 45 to 10, especially when – it's also the twos at the coaching staff. You have yeah. interim head coach, twos all the way down the roster, and you lose forty five to ten. Yeah, yeah, and, and and like you know the the other the other thing with that is, in the rest of the conference, for the most part, there is you know parity, right? There's not really another team that is bringing in the kind of, the oh, kind of money and recruits that Boise State does. I don't say that to put down Boise State. Boise State is very talented every year. Yes. Um, yeah. That is a that is a compliment. I'm not saying that as like, oh, sour I don't that's not really what I do. I'm not really the sour grapes guy. <laughs> yeah. Um I'm just that's the that's the fact of the matter. Um and there's gonna be a gap there. It doesn't need to be this significant. And there certainly doesn't need to be a gap between Utah State's lines and San Jose State's lines, which was a big problem yes. a couple weeks ago. And yeah. has been a problem against like 
Nevada, Utah State had some trouble holding up up front against pretty much everybody in the conference. Utah State has not played well on the offensive line or the defensive line, for that matter. There have been some moments where I think it has played pretty well, but Utah State has been, I mean, I think the Nevada game, you could fairly say that Utah State was better physically and and won the game not in spite of its line play. I don't know that it won because of its line play, but it it was not like a huge it was not a huge problem. Um I'm I'm trying to think if that if you could say that for any other game this season that Utah State has played against not just Mountain West teams but anybody. I I guess maybe not you I mean not Yukon. Um Oh, not yeah, Yukon's the one that might come to mind, but no. Yeah, you can't and, and, their, and their coach is currently having a mental breakdown. Um, <laughs> their, their, their coach is currently losing his mind. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's breaking from reality. Um, I, I don't know that there's a game that comes to mind for me uh, of like, oh, Utah State was obviously the more uh, the more physically impressive team in the trenches against a Mountain West opponent. Like, I, I guess maybe Colorado State, but I think that was mostly receivers. Um, yeah, yeah. And corners and skill guys. I it really there's not I get it's a rebuilding year I get that you're you're you had to you yeah had to replace guys you lost guys to, to to bigger schools I get all of that you are recruiting the same players that these guys are um yep. it's the same players it, it's it's if if your version of Juco signees and P5 transfers and whoever else you can get on the lines are this much worse than theirs. It is a you problem. Yeah, <laughs> it, is a, yeah. it is something you are doing it wrong is. in assessment in development in deployment. One of those stages is not good. And th- I, the recruiting rankings have been fairly solid. You know, it, it's, it's, you can see, you can see talent coming in. You can see talent on the field at times. Um, you can Absolutely, see, you can, yeah. you can see development on the field at, at, at times deployment may be lacking in some ways. I, I think that, you know, it, it's it's just kind of, it's sort of been this all year. And it was like this last year for Utah State too, where it just could not constantly fighting against the fact that it was smaller than everybody else. And it's like, well, why are you smaller than everybody else? You're in the same yeah. conference, aren't you? Yeah. You're not playing 12 P5 teams. There's not really a good reason to be getting dominated up front yeah. by it's not like you came into a team here. and all the production transferred away yeah <laughs> like 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 the other team maybe <laughs> yeah maybe isn't having some of these same problems different sport yeah. but um <laughs> yeah, yeah i don't know other mountain west teams are also losing football players it's not unheard of yeah. you know fresno state had its had its secondary ransacked this offseason by the pac-12 um yep. And I would say they're doing fine. They're not doing fine currently, but they were generally doing fine this season. Um, it's just it kind of, it, it's, yeah. I, I can understand, I can very, very, very easily understand the people for whom it is wearing thin. I get it. Um, it is, it is the same stuff and it has been the same stuff pretty much all season. Um, the skill guys are fantastic. I, I think very clearly. You know, Jalen Royals, Terrell Vaughn, Micah Davis. I mentioned Devon Booth. I thought Cooper Legault played really well when he was healthy, when he was in the game. Yeah, he did, um, for sure. He, I, I, yeah, he, he, I owe him an apology. He, he has been tremendous uh, pretty much for the entire season since the start, uh, since the, the first two games when it was kind of slow, uh, first three games, really. He has, he has been excellent since then. Um, 
I don't really think it's a problem there. I don't really think it's a problem with, like, the secondary defensively. I think the secondary defensively has been generally good. Um, It's just that they they can't block, and they can't hold up in the front six. They don't tackle very well. They are not really... They're just not there, like, physically, and... I think that some of that is physical limitations of having smaller players, and I think that some of it is a a complete refusal to change anything, um, to try anything different, to put new players in the game <laughs> when old ones aren't working, um, to get creative to try and work around this stuff. And there's only so much you can do when your offensive line gives up nine sacks. Again, I don't think it would matter who you put back there. I don't really know that it matters what play you call when you're doing that. But just something different, you know. It would be nice to see something different. It would be nice to see just some... some, uh, We were talking about this before we started the, the recording. Um, I, I think the reason that people are very frustrated right now with the football team understandably so again is not because of the record coming into this season this was a very real possibility and i think people understood that generally um maybe there was some 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 lingering high expectations that weren't necessarily fair given all that this team had to do and all that it had to replace i think a bowl season coming in would have been if you had told us that in August, I, I bet we talked about it at the time, that a bowl season would be pretty good for, for all that they had to do. Um, I don't think that's really the problem. I don't really think that it's that people thought this was going to be a championship team. I think that it is that they are worse now than they were in September. They look distinctly worse now than they did in September everywhere. Um, yeah. Like the yeah. Skill, I think the skill guys have been constant. I think that the quarterback play has been generally pretty good. Uh, I think that the, you know all the stuff that I just complimented has been about what it was, if not a little bit better. I think the running backs have improved. Uh, Cooper has obviously improved. There has been a lot of good work there. Royals has been a, a revelation, and he, he was not like that at the start of the season. Uh, there's been development there. But in the lines, Utah State went from, <clears throat> in, in game one, 10-point game against Iowa. In game three or four, it was four, a uh, seven-point game against a James Madison team that just took its first loss in overtime. Uh, one of the best teams, I think, in college football this season. Certainly one of the oh, best absolutely. defensive lines in college football. Those guys are and, no yeah, joke. G5, um, G5, one of the best uh, without even yeah. a little bit of hesitation. Maybe Yeah, like very, very good. Yeah, those lines for James Madison are no joke. And Utah State was seven points away in that game and had the chance to drive down and tie it. And then you get to late November, and you're playing a rivalry game against a 5-5 five and five Boise State team that is not as good as James Mattis, and I'll tell you that right now, and they run mm-hmm. you off the field. It's I think that's the frustration, yep. and I think it's totally fair. They look worse. They look like they got worse over the year, and, and yeah, injuries can take hold and whatever, but it looks mostly like the same starting uh, 11 that they had back then, and they just up front, they look worse. They look like they have they have regressed pretty even pretty significantly, I would say. And yeah. I'd say the same for the defensive line. Yep. That's a huge, huge frustration for this with this team right now is, you know, and kind of like we were saying earlier, yeah, Boise State, this is inevitable, but it doesn't have to be. And a 35 point loss doesn't have to be. You're no. you're a better team than this. You, saw, and you have been at times. You saw a glimpse of what even could be in this game. They went up 10 nothing. Yeah. They were better. And yeah. then they weren't. 
And then, Boise State was not ready yeah. for I think the the talent. It certainly wasn't the phys- physicality, but I don't think they were they were clearly not ready for Jalen Royals. They didn't have uh, they didn't have Jalen Royals covered all game. They they were not ready to handle some of this some of the talent this team has, um, but they were certainly ready to just be more physical. Yeah. And that's where this game went. And even against Iowa, like you were saying, you're running through this conference record saying, you know, we haven't really been more physical. Even against Iowa, a 10-point loss against a very, very physical Iowa team, we looked better. I know we lost, but we looked better, run, I think, against Iowa than the, we did against Boise. The run defense had not been a problem until, you know, a little later on in the season. Um, yeah. It started off well. I wrote a whole story about how the, the run defense was playing really well at the beginning of the season, and then it wasn't anymore. Um, and it has not really just, it's not just been like, oh, they're taking a bunch of hits because honestly, I mean, you look at the injury report compared to other teams, Utah state's gotten off fairly easy this year, right? Like they've, they've max Alford's been out. Uh, Cooper has been in and out, in and out of the lineup at times. McKay has been in and out of the lineup. They have had some injuries up front. They've obviously had some, some shakiness on the offensive line, but uh, are there are there a ton of like big injuries that I'm missing to stars on the team or like significant starters? It feels like they've had most of these guys for most of the season at this point. No, it does seem that way, and and maybe that's a little bit just kind of, you know, um, you only remember who's playing. Um, yeah. But it seems like the you know your guys, especially coming into the season, um, you know Ike's going to be the guy. He's he's been healthy. Holly, you know he's going to be the guy. He's been healthy. Um, MJ Tafisi's played the whole season. I mean he. Um, Switzer, uh, uh, yeah, Switz, Mike Onyanwu, JD Drew. Talented. Uh, it seems like you've been, you've been, Harris, (laughs) Devin Dye dinged up at times. Uh, the running back room actually, I'd say is, has been dinged up a little bit. I don't, I don't think we've been given all of the information there, but, uh, there's been some injuries there. I would, I would say that's, that's a caveat. I'd say the running back room has been probably more, more dinged up than, than the rest of the team. Yeah. And and the offensive line has had its issues. Um, but like, I don't know, there are teams without their, you know, starting, Boy, there's Boise State who doesn't have, you know, their top their star running back is is very much dinged up. They're without their starting quarterback, down their top two receivers. A good chunk of the defense is out. Um, yeah, their injuries happen, uh, and I don't really know that that's the the like you're not. It's not like you're playing teams who are in week one level of freshness when you're in week eight. They're also in week eight. Everybody's playing at the same week everybody's playing at the same time of year it it, it scales yeah. it's yeah. not just that oh well we're you know it's it's just attrition taking hold and and the the you know the physicality dwindles because the guys are dinged up like boise state's guys are also probably pretty dinged up at this point in the year i would assume i don't know yeah, if I they have some yeah, sort of elixir sure. um i don't think they do I, <laughs> given their injury report it seems like they don't they have the opposite of an elixir they're drinking the bone hurting juice over there um, <laughs> yeah. and it's just not really, it kind of, kind of rings hollow, um, which then leads to what is going wrong, what has gotten worse. And a lot of it is coaching stuff. A lot of it is discipline. A lot of yeah, it is that guys still don't know how to take tackling angles. And it seems like they're being instructed specifically to take bad ones in search of big plays. I think that the defensive yeah. identity, we talked about this after the San Jose state game and, and kind of hollered at it a little bit. Um, 
forcing turnovers and making big plays is not a defensive identity. That is a, uh, you didn't study for the test. You didn't, you didn't yeah. study for the test and now you're hoping you get lucky basically. And yeah. That's, that's like showing up to a test. Hey, what's your strategy on this test? Uh, oh, get the right answer. Yeah. I'm going to pick a, uh, I think a is going to really yeah, take if, if your strategy time. is, Oh, I'm going to guess the right answer. Yeah. You're, you're going to fail the test. Yeah. We're going to, we're going like, to, we're going to blow up the play before it even happens. It's like, well, what if the play yeah. happens? <laughs> What if, yeah, exactly. what if you don't? Hey, what if you don't? And then the guy goes, you know, George Halani goes 75 yards untouched and all of your defenders run in the wrong direction because um, yeah. there's no yeah. eye discipline. And they've apparently never yeah. seen a motion fake before in week 12. They've not yeah. seen a jet sweep yeah. that goes into a hand. No other, other team direction. has done this. Why does no other team do that? That's yeah, crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> it's genius. Yeah, this is a brilliant, brilliant strategy from the interim <laughs> staff here. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just there's not a plan. It really doesn't feel like it on defense. They're just hoping. Yeah. They're hoping that somebody goes and makes a play, <laughs> and that's pretty yeah, much and, it. I, well, we and, have we have we have plenty of talent. Let's hope somebody goes and figures something yeah. out. Um, yeah, and that's the point that I'm I want to make is like this is a very very talented defense. Maybe off the top of my head, as talented if not more talented than last year with some of these guys on the team. You know, we just kind of ran through a couple of yeah. them. Uh, Ike, Ike Larson, MJ Tafisi, Michael Onyanwu, uh, JD Drew, um, Anthony Switzer, Halle up front. This is a very, very talented squad that is significantly worse on defense than last year. So I'd say just as talented, if not more, and then playing much worse than, yeah. than last year on defense. And that um, that comes from coaching, and that's, that's preparation. And I haven't been particularly impressed with uh, – um joe cothin in the past couple weeks in his preparation really uh, i don't know if it's I, I don't know what it is but it seems like since san jose state at least uh you know he hasn't been prepared and i know there were some comments coming out around that san jose state came of him you know focusing on last year's film rather than this year's film with san jose and it, I it's weird the, the team the the defense particularly should be much better well really the whole team the whole team should be a lot better than they are yeah um but you know you you look at that defense there's talented dudes that are trying to make plays they just don't know how yeah they're not in the right they're not in the right spots which is usually a coaching thing if they're not in the right spots yeah. um either, I shouldn't say they don't know how they they're yeah. they're <clears throat> they are smart talented dudes on this team uh, that that don't seem to have a coordinated plan. Yeah, there's a lack of there's a lack of direction. You have to point them somewhere, no matter how talented they are, and yeah. it just doesn't really seem like they're being taught. Really, it doesn't really like the eye discipline is not anywhere near where it needs to be at this point in the season. I don't care if you're injured or not. You need to be able to recognize where the ball is. Um, yeah. and they can't, and it's gotten worse. Uh, the tackling angles have gotten worse. The uh, the 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 play calling I, I don't really even know that play calling would be the right word defensively the 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 personnel deployment doesn't really make sense um, I don't really I don't really know why they did that that three linebacker set for like two weeks um, if not for this game because they didn't really use it all that much in this game um, yeah. uh, what was that what was that for you know what was the point of that why why did you do that why did you do that I don't know I don't really know why they did that I don't really know to what end they are working defensively um, I don't know if they know uh, and it is just they, they just look like 11 guys running around it, it does not look like a defense in any meaningful way um, and that is not a player issue it's just it's just not it's it's these guys are a lot more talented than, than what they are showing 
uh, in the final Absolutely. in the final production. If you, it's not, and it's not like they're getting bamboozled, right? And if they are, I don't know how it would be possible. Boise State completed eight passes. They just ran the ball. They pretty much just ran yeah. the same place that they always run. It wasn't even they didn't run the the triple option. They they didn't you know Taylor wasn't back there doing you know they 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 weren't running the go go offense they took from from UNLV just handing the ball off to George Alani and there's not enough guys in the box <laughs> reliably. There are not enough guys in the box and the guys who are in the box are losing their battles and. They're not adding help to defend those guys or to, to, to help those guys in the box because they're afraid of a passing attack that doesn't exist. They're not going to throw the ball. They don't have any receivers, and their quarterback can't complete a pass. The the, the, the big six foot five freshman can't catch. I, I don't know what to tell you. They're not going to beat you down the field. They can't do that. And if they do, hat tip. Okay, great. You did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But put nine in the box until they prove that they could pass. I, I don't, you're, you're, you're seeding a position that you don't need to seed yet. Cause they've not given you any reason to do that. There's not like, yeah. Oh, it wasn't like tail and green came out when they were putting more guys in the box, when Logan Peely was in the game and then was completing bombs down the field. Like he missed a guy by 10 yards. That was his big pass. That was his, the big, the big shot play that was wide open where nobody was covering the tight end down the field. He missed him by, you know, he missed him by five or ten yards. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what was his longest throw actually? Um, I'm looking right now. I can't. Thirty-one. I mean, he only had eight thirty-yard passes. His longest? Yeah, thirty-one. Um, I don't really remember. Make that. him throw the ball. <laughs> I don't really remember that play. I don't know when that happened. Um, it all kinds of it all it all kind of ran together <laughs> for me after yeah. the after yeah. the after the the other shoe dropped basically. Um, but yeah, the the defense is just uh, I, frustrating, disappointing, whatever your adjective is that you want to use for it. I think they're all fair. Um, I I feel for the guys, for the players. <laughs> I do. I don't yeah. think that they deserve what they're getting here. I think that they deserve more from the talent that they have and from their ability than they are getting. Um, which puts it on you know the staff and, and the adults in the room who probably should know better. And I yeah, think that there yeah. need to be, there needs to be a change at defensive coordinator. I'll say that I I don't, I'm I'm not usually super keen on calling for guys' jobs because I have to work with these people, um, <laughs> and I just yeah. don't really like to <laughs> yeah. do that. But yeah. uh, I ha- I mean Joe Coffin is not exactly available, um, and. Uh, he doesn't. He's not doing well. He's not doing well in the position. I don't know that he's going to be the guy to fix this. Um, I'm not impressed at all with anything that he has going on. I don't think he's an especially good coach. If I'm being honest, I, I just I'm not seeing anything from him. I think it was a desperation hire. I, I really I don't get yeah, it. He I was available. Yeah, he was available. Uh, he was the, around. For those that and... for those that remember that that need a refresher, uh, Ephraim Banda left very very late. I think. Just right before, before spring, spring yeah. Ball. Yeah, it was like a week. Yeah, before. right before spring ball, he got he got a great job. You can't really fault Bonda. He's coaching in the NFL now, or he's he's helping out at the NFL level. He's a safeties coach in Cleveland. Yeah, he's coaching uh, my seven and three brownies, him. baby. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. So can't fault him. Um, Best put defense Blake in, in the a league. Very tough position. <laughs> I mean, there there was a week where we didn't have a coordinator yeah. because Blake opted not to hire an offensive coordinator, and then his defensive coordinator left. Yeah. Uh, and you're you're looking at going in the spring ball without a with no coordinators. That's a tough position to be in. So uh, I understand the hire. I understand that it had to be quick. Yeah, and, it, it was and sometimes was, that doesn't work out and it doesn't look like it is with with Coffin. And that's no. 
it happens. It yeah. just, some things don't work out and that's, you know, yeah, and, I'll, I'll say that. I mean, it, it doesn't look like it's working out and there needs to be something that changes. I mean, of the, he, he had no coordinators and he hired one and that's, yeah, that's something, good. something's going on there. Something that needs to probably, yeah, something needs to be shaken up a little bit. Yeah. And, and like, yeah, if you go and flush it and you move on this up, this upcoming off season with a full cycle to go and do a full search for a defensive coordinator, then fine. That's good. Okay. That's, it's still that's, an attractive job. I mean, yeah. This is that's, a very, it's that's, a great place. That's probably what you should do. Yeah. You know, I think Joe is doing them a favor by doing this. It was a, it was a very late, is a very late hire. It's hard to get coordinators. I get that. Um, yeah. we don't need to, I don't need to see a second year of this experiment. It's not going anywhere. Um, I, I think that somebody else needs to be taking the commands of that defense. Maybe it's Mitch white, uh, who I do like a good deal. The secondary coach, I think he's done a very good job <laughs> in that capacity this season. Yeah. Um, I would like to see him more. I'd like to see him more. I would like to see more of him. Uh, I'd like to see his, his input increase. Um, I think he's a smart guy. I think if you want to do that, you could do that and have the continuity and then bring in somebody who he likes as a new secondary coach would be fine. Uh, or go get somebody, go grab a defensive coordinator. I, I think that to, to play this out would be unnecessary because the result is not going to change. It, it is Joe does not. I just don't know that he has it at this point. I, I, I think that this was a stopgap. And I don't really need to see a two-year stopgap. The defense has to get better. The defense is not well coached. Uh, it, it has to get. It has to get better. It has to have a better plan. And I really don't want to see somebody coming in saying that the big idea is that they want to force turnovers and, and create big plays. They, this this is Utah State is not ready for defense two hundred one. There there it needs to be one hundred one. It it has to yeah. be. We're going to be sound. We're going to make tackles. We're going to be in the right gaps. We're not going to make a bunch of mistakes. And then you can add that fun stuff. And then you can get the, yeah. the, 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 the exotic blitzes in there and all that stuff. You need to learn how to tackle first and how to fill run gaps and, and to find the ball and to spill and kill and all of the stuff that you learn in, in you know, football 101 and defense 101. That is the class that this defense has to be taking because it is not ready for 201. It's just not. And yeah. I, I think it and, has to be somebody who is willing to embrace that. And by the way, these dudes would ace that class. Yeah. They've done and then well they would in go that, on this and season. Then they would ace two hundred one. <laughs> yeah. They just you're you're throwing these guys into a class they're not ready for, and I think there's there's a lot of similarities maybe there with with McKay. Um, you're putting these guys in a in a situation they're not ready for, and it's blowing up on them. And I think it's starting to hurt their confidence. It's starting to to hurt the team. If you put these dudes in defense one hundred one, they're gonna get flying colors. I mean that's their yeah their they're best games that class. Like, they're, they're best, and they're going to go move on and be better. Yeah, their best games this season have been just running base, right? It's just been just, yeah. just base stuff. And obviously there's Because they're physical... talented enough to pull that off. They yeah. don't need, you know, it's like, you know, to, to mix up another cross sports metaphor here, or, you know, you look at the San Antonio Spurs, Greg Popovich, or, you know, he, we, we can talk about it. It's, he's an air force guy. So it's, it's still related. We're still talking mountain West uh, athletes here. Mm-hmm. Um, he he preached you know the fundamentals it's easy to preach the fundamentals and you have tony parker as your point guard and tim duncan and manu ginobili you know like it's it's really easy to only focus on the simple stuff when you have really talented players because they're just so good yeah and i think that's what this defense could be you have a very very good defense it doesn't need anything fancy it just needs an opportunity to do what they can do really well yeah and it just it you you can't run they can't run yet they need to walk first they can't yeah. you're you're, yeah. you're you're asking these guys to run before you've taught them how to walk it's too it's just too much and it, it feels like that across the board for this team they're just asking 
they're asking guys to do things that they're not ready for. And yeah. some of that is, is that this is a new team. This is a, a team with a lot of new players and I get it, but I, 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 you had a whole year, man. You had a whole season yeah. to, to, to learn this and to not do that and to, to try and try and simplify it as much as you can. And it just doesn't really feel like it's been simplified at all. Um, yeah. it's, you know, just seems like you're trying to add new layers onto a foundation that's not stable. And so you have yeah. things like an untouched 75 yard run where everybody runs in the wrong direction or a 31 point second quarter where you just aren't competitive anymore. Um, and it's yes, there's a physical level of fundamental of fundamentals that Utah state has to accomplish through development, through recruiting, through any number of things. And then all of that is, is, is fair. And they will continue to try and do that. Um, I think the recruiting has been fairly solid. I don't know that, I don't know that Utah state needs to put down its own recruiting tr- quite as much as it has. I think there are good players on this team. I, I don't know that they yeah, necessarily oh, yeah. should be struggling this much. It's not like the line is noticeably smaller on the rosters, right? Like the, the weights are fairly similar. The heights are fairly similar. The defensive line is undersized. You did bring in some bigger guys who just aren't playing very much, like Sir Mel's. Um, and uh, it just, if you're going to do the growing pains season, I would like to see the growing pains, one, yield something, which I don't think they really have at this yeah. point defensively. Yeah. Um, and, and two, I'd like to see it in developing fundamental skills, in developing things that can then yield greater s- success. When you're jumping guys into the 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 more advanced stuff without first establishing that that other stuff, you're gonna have growing pains, and then it's still not a sure thing that they're gonna get it because their confidence might just be permanently shaken, right? Like, I'm I'm you know I put this out in, into into the world knowing that like. I would hate this. I would hate this for the kid. I don't think he, I, 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 he's a very, very talented player. And I don't think he deserves this at all. McKay might just be broken, you know, like the, the, the yeah. it might just be too much. And quarterbacks are finicky, man. It's, it's, these are, this is a 19 year old. This is a guy who they're weird. Is, they're weird creatures. They're they are. They're, they're, they're weird, very Cooper. Just strange yeah, creatures. Like Cooper got benched as a C as an incumbent starting senior and just figured it out. He's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> Just, I'll just be good then. Yeah, they, sometimes oh, they do that. Oh, Some, you'll bench me? I'll yeah. be good then. My, sometimes, my sometimes yeah. they do that. They're just they're weird. They're weird guys. They're and weird, like McKay might be totally guys. fine. I you know he 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 very well so. could be. I hope he is. I think he's a really good player. Um, but when you shake a guy's confidence by asking him to do too much, you unnecessarily you 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 have the potential very high reward of he figures it out. And you can just do the more advanced stuff, and you don't even have to spend time doing the other stuff, like Ike Larson. Um, yeah, but yeah. not everybody is Ike Larson, you know, yeah. for <laughs> a good reason. Learned. That's kind yeah. of a hard guy to be. Um, yeah. And so you'll have other guys who have to then be rehabbed by work that they were being told to do through, like, because of things that they were asked to do. They then have to be fixed the next season, and. I just it feels like you could just cut out the middleman and not break them in the first place, not run yeah, that risk because yeah. the reward is not hitting all that often. 
start slower, start smaller, (laughs) start with, start with a, you know, just a, you don't need to be creating a bunch of turnovers and playing on the edge of mania and, 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 you know, having these big plays, just just tackle first, just once you can tackle, then you can do those other, other things. Um, but it, it feels like there is a distinct motivation on that defense to hunt for every possible big play and to only look for big plays. And I don't think they would do that if they weren't being told to do that. Um, you're just, it's just not putting them in a, in a position to succeed. And then they, you know, they, they, they lose a game like this and they wallow and it feels like there was just nothing going their way and they were so far behind. And then their coaches at the press conference saying that they're not physically even close to Boise state and that there's a huge gap to cover. I would have my confidence shaken by that. If I was a 22 year old, if if I'm, if I'm a 22 year old college football player, I don't know about you, Parker. I would feel like I'm one of the greatest people of all time. I would feel like a <laughs> like a god. I would feel like, like Adonis. Yeah, um, I'm yeah. in I'm in the I'm in the original Greek Olympics, right? Like that's I'm I'm untouchable. I'm a perfect athlete, uh, and that's like that's part of the operating you know uh, system for these guys. That's that's kind of the level yeah, they, of confidence yeah. you have to have to do this. When we They're, say when we say built different, like we yeah. don't mean necessarily. We don't mean exclusively. No. Uh, physically, it's a like, mental you know, thing the, the, too. The whole it's, meme of being built different is yeah, is more mental probably yeah. than it is physical. <laughs> it's it's a it's these a, guys are animals. They're crazy. Yeah, <laughs> it's an inhuman level of confidence. It is more confidence yeah, yeah, than any normal yeah. person has ever felt in their entire lives <laughs> about anything. Right? Like that's just yeah. that's part of it. And when you shake that confidence and you you kind of put them down without ever really inspiring like. I don't know, showing growth or, or giving like tangible, I don't know what they're working towards. It just like, yeah, I don't, I mean, I, I, I hate to be glib. I wonder why guys left, you know, I wonder why young guys wanted to go play at P5 schools. It's crazy. I can't believe yeah. it that they would want to do that after a yeah. year of, of misery. Um, it's just like, they're not, it does not feel like they're being set up for success in any meaningful way. And I think that the frustration is, is, is fair. I also think that Blake should get a chance with the 2024 team, which could be very talented. And I think he will. Um, I will say that after saying everything that I just said, there needs to be changes to the way that this program operates. I think that the players are not the problem. I think that there has to be a, a, a significant improvement in organization. Um, and that is not a player thing. I think the culture is, is good of the players of the locker room. Um, I, I think that those guys are, are fighters. I think that they care about each other. I think that there's a lot of talent on the roster, and I think that Blake deserves the chance to play it out with the team that he recruited. They need to keep that team intact, which is going to be hard to do. Not saying yeah, that as yeah. reporting. I'm just saying it's hard to do. Um, yeah, oh, absolutely. I yeah, think they could that's... do it. I, I think that they have a better chance this year than they did last year. The vibes still are better this year than they were last year. Um, yeah. Scientific metric, the vibes. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, like, yeah, he's going he's, he's going to get a chance, and he should. I think Blake is a capable, uh, a good coach. I think he's been a good coach before. I think he could be a good coach again. He's not doing a good job right now, and the whole staff really is not doing a very good job right now. They look disorganized. They 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 just don't. They have not looked prepared, uh, really. And yep, yep, I don't think it's just a lack of talent here. I, I think that there is a there is a disservice being done by a lot of these by a lot of these these players. I, I think that they are not setting these guys up in a position to succeed in in a lot of positions. And when you are building a young team, that would be like the first thing I think you'd want to do is put guys in the right spots where they are not, you know, having their their confidence damaged, where they are not being asked to do things that you don't think they can do yet. Because what what result are you expecting? 
if you're doing that. What do you think they're yeah. going to do? Probably not much. It's probably not going to look. It's probably not going to look very good. And I don't know that they're really going to grow from that unless they are just different. Unless they are just a different kind of guy who who likes that and strives through that environment. I I don't know the the percentage of college football players who are like that. I think it would be hard to get a full roster of those guys. I would imagine that's kind of difficult to do. And so where is that? Where's the level of that within this team? I don't know. Yeah, I. So, what you just said kind of remind right reminded me of. So, grow. I I grew up with siblings, Patrick, mm-hmm. and and part of that is insulting you know insulting each other and being sure. insulted, uh, in, incessantly. Yeah, I, um, I and was, one thing uh, you I was best <laughs> friends with a pair of brothers who were two years apart. I am I am I'm a, I'm an only child, but I saw it. <laughs> yep, yep. So you're you're gonna you'll you'll understand. One thing you learn quick is the difference of being called stupid mm-hmm. and you, you know you're being stupid, um, and that you know you go to your mom and hey my sibling called me stupid and they're like I didn't call you stupid I said you're being stupid yeah um, that's how I feel with Blake I, I I'm not calling Blake stupid it's a different difference you know vocabulary here yeah Blake is not a bad coach. I'm not saying he's a bad coach. I think he's a terrific coach. Yeah. I've seen what he can do. He got this job because he was a great coach at Arkansas State. Yes. And he came here and he showed us year one what he can do. He, he is a good coach. He has won He reliably. is not being a good coach. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He is not a bad coach, but he is coaching poorly right now. Um, and that is, you know, yeah. and that goes from uh, hiring maybe Joe Cawthon. I don't know that was the best hire. And I don't think... This team is, you know, you, you blame coaches. This this is a team that I think you gotta you gotta blame the coaching staff right now with with what where this is at, uh, and that goes to the top. And and as you kind of just mentioned, there there needs to be kind of significant organizational changes here. Luckily, there's opportunity for that. Yeah, you can go out and hire a quarterbacks coach and an offensive coordinator without firing anybody. You know, you already have two vacancies. Um, there's a lot of opportunity here to call for change and to hope something changes without putting anybody out of a job. Um, yeah, on on the offensive side of the wall at least, and and that I think needs to happen. There, there needs to be some significant changes. But this is a very talented team. If you can run this back, there's you know, like you said, going into 2024, um, you know, we're getting ahead of ourselves. That's what we do on the the, the ag ship. Yeah, but there's only one game left. We're not looking that far ahead. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There, there's opportunity, and and I, I I'd like to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah, I, I I would agree. I would I would totally agree. Like I I think that, and this is not just like oh we're sitting in the podcasting chair talking about play calling, right? Like I think that that play calling yeah, is a very yeah. is a very easy crutch to complain about. I think in general, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I do it a lot. <laughs> yeah, like I I get it. Like it's it is you know when the play doesn't work, it was a bad play call. And when it does work, it was a good play call. <laughs> that's that's yep. pretty much yep. like I don't really know that I would be that 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 you know, micro in the analysis. I think that this is a, honestly, I think Blake's a fairly good play caller. I think he's, he has a history of it. I don't really know that that's a huge problem for the offense. I think that, that they, a much bigger problem is that the plays that they call don't work because of the offensive line, um, which they've said pretty openly. Um, that is a bigger problem. That is a program problem. That's a development yeah. and recruiting thing that you can, you can address potentially in development and recruiting. What I do think is a problem is the defensive game planning, uh, pretty clearly. 
and the 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 time management which we talked about on the San Jose State show yeah where it just it everything feels very frantic and very kind of you know thrown together and when they win it almost feels like an accident at times, right? Like we've talked about, they don't, yep. there, were yeah, several, they, there were several wins that were not at yeah. all convincing. <laughs> it's like, and several losses that were, and the inconsistency, the up and down of not just this year, but last year are, you know, those are, those are telltale marks of a team that's just kind of disorganized and a team that needs more structure. I think this, this, program probably needs more structure and yeah. needs yeah. probably a little bit more discipline than it has right now. Um, the discipline of the team is not terribly good. I, 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 this is a, you know, I'm talking about football stuff. I'm talking about penalties and, and, and guys getting kicked out of the game for, for fighting after an extra point. I'm also talking in a more people sense of like, I don't know that a one game suspension was necessarily sufficient for Elliot Nimrod, uh, given you got a DUI. Um, that's public. I'm not say I'm not reporting that that's, that's in police reports. Maybe not enough. He's, you know, maybe needs to spend a little bit more time on on the bench after that. That's a pretty, that's a pretty serious one, man. That's a pretty, that's a pretty serious one. Yeah. I'm, I'm comfortable calling for, for that because we, we, you know, we also hate on the ag ship podcast is targeting because it puts people in danger. And this is, you know, I, this is something I don't want to get too into because this is a you yeah. know sports podcast after all. But yeah, that, that I'm willing, don't do yeah. that. Just I, don't do that. If you're listening to this show, don't do that. I'm willing. See, yeah, I'm yeah. willing to, to stake out the very bold claim that I I don't think that drunk driving is a very good decision. I don't think you should yeah. do that. I don't think that you should. Yep. Uh, the get action the show. Wheel. Yeah, as condemns a, uh, drunk driving officially. Yeah. We, we do not. I know that a lot yeah. of people have been have been asking for it. Our opinion on drunk driving. Yep, we, we publicly publicly condemn it. We're not we're not pro drunk driving. We're gonna get that out of the way. Let's put the rumors to bed. Very anti drunk driving. Don't do it. Don't do it. Oh man. Also, don't target on a football field. Yeah. The big, <laughs> don't the, don't the big put two. people in danger. Yeah. I love the, the idea of, of a guy listening to this and and like, oh, I shouldn't drunk drive. <laughs> <laughs> if you're learning this just now so i i think it, I'm, uh, I'm glad i could provide that yeah. for you but how yeah i think we're on the same page here yeah i think we're on the same page here regarding that like but just in general like i i just more they just they the the team feels very loose and yeah. doesn't yeah. really it is not a well-oiled machine right now and i don't know that it would be with the level of of issue that it had uh, that it has on the lines physically those are real problems and they need to be addressed and you can continue to address those on on recruiting i think that the recruiting under blake has been good in general um i think that the portal recruiting this last year was good they hit on a lot of guys they hit on a lot of those portal guys that they brought in most of them i would say which is hard to do um and their juco recruiting is excellent and keep doing that and you get better but that it's not that's not the only problem here it, there is discipline issues there have been discipline issues i get the playing on the edge of intensity of of out of control and all of that stuff i get it i don't know that the team's quite ready for that i think that if you have a championship level team doing that makes you makes you really good and it makes you really 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 dangerous and we have seen an anderson team at utah state 
that did that and won a championship and was really hard to beat down the stretch. And that was a different level of team that had a different level of understanding of what they were doing. This one, I don't know that they're quite there yet. I think that if you're going to do a a growing year, a rebuilding, a retooling, whatever you want to call it, you might want to start a little bit smaller, like we were talking about on defense. I I Mm -hmm. think that setting good habits is probably more important than winning football games right now. And I fear that that has not necessarily happened a whole lot. Um, There's a whole offseason to try and fix that. And maybe they can do that. I think they have done that successfully in some cases before. Um, and again, Blake, I think Blake's a good football coach. I would, I, I will, you know, he's won a championship at Utah State. He's won a lot of football games. I think he's a very good offensive mind, one of the best in college football. I think that his staff does a good job of talent evaluation. Kyle Cefalo, I've shouted out several times. I think Ethan Morris is doing a great job with the safeties. I think there are a lot of very, very smart young coaches on this staff. I think that the way that the program is organized right now is lacking. I think that they probably need a little extra support in some of the stuff that that Blake is a little less keen on. Um, And they probably need voices in that locker room who differ just a little bit from from the norm, uh, who, who can bring a kind of a different perspective. I think Efren Bonda did a fantastic job of that with the defense, and you saw the results. Um, sometimes you need uh, I'll, I'll earmuffs if you have kids in the car or whatever. Sometimes you need an ass kicker on your staff. And I, I, I don't know. I don't know if there is one. I don't know if there is one on this staff. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there is one, and I don't. I just don't see him doing it. Um, no, I, I, I agree. I, I don't know if there is one. I, and I, think... I just I think that you probably need that counterweight of yeah. a of a, a, a serious, real disciplinarian who will establish good habits and not take any crap and build a defense that just does things right and doesn't necessarily make a bunch of big plays, doesn't necessarily put the, the offense in like – you know, plus field position uh, several times a game, trying to force turnovers and and not getting the crowd going a ton, but just gets off the field on third downs and makes tackles and is in the right place. Start there and and build those habits up. If you have a young team that you're trying to develop, I feel like that would be the place to start. That's the change I was. That's the changes I would like to see. I don't really, I don't think it needs to be a huge shift in who's on the staff. I don't think that Blake needs to go. I I really don't. I think that this is. I think he's going to have a good roster next season, a good, a legitimately very good roster. And I think they're going to have a very good chance of being really good. And I would like to see him get the chance to play that out. I don't think it would be fair if he didn't get to. Uh, he built the team. He should get to He should get to, to, to play out that string. Um, I also think that there are uh, just issues that have to be addressed, and I, I think he would probably say the same thing. I, I don't imagine that we are saying anything new here. I don't imagine that this is something that has not been – talked about i i would i would assume that they are a lot more frustrated with it even than we are that this continues to happen i just i want to see the changes that then come with that i want to see the adjustments i want to see those fixes come rather than just talking about it i would like to see it at this point yeah i agree i mean this is tough it's it's we're in a tough spot the i don't want to sound too much like blake and go too much into my my coach speak here um you know, Blake, of course, talking in this past press, this past press conference saying basically that we're lucky to be fighting for bowl eligibility and that he knew that six and six would be, you know, a good season and in this and that. Um, 
so I, I don't want to channel that energy too much, but I will say all the stuff that we just talked about is very real. This team has very, very real tangible issues. I think the frustrations that uh, fans have had about this season, the lasting ones and, and the big ones are, are very real. That being said, we're still five and six. Um, this is a team that has issues that I think could have derailed the team. Um, and I think that speaks to the resiliency of the guys on the team. It's a very resilient group. Yeah. Um, you know, and there, there is a, a lack of organization. You mentioned that the team needs kind of somebody to, to crack down on the staff. I, I, one thing about Blake is for how frustrated fans seem to get with him for whatever reason, the players love him. He's yeah. a very player first coach. He, yes, um, absolutely. He's he's extremely they, they personable. Have, he he is. Yeah, he's he's yeah. very very good at managing personalities. He, he, it is a tremendous strength, and not every coach has it. Absolutely. Which which is a good thing overall. But maybe they are missing somebody in the locker room that can really bring the hammer a little bit. Maybe they are. I don't know. I'm not in there. Um, but clearly, this team is missing something. It's missing something at the top. It's been missing that all year long. I think you're. I don't know what Blake is as a play caller. I, there are times when I'm scratching my head and there's times where, you know, and, and I'm, I'm saying, I don't know because I really don't know. I, I you are a much more, um, you, you're much more in tune with kind of what the X's and O's should look like. Uh, and there's probably listeners that, that have a better idea. Like I genuinely yeah. don't know. I think he's for the most part good, but he makes some boneheaded boneheaded things that, you know, we won't get into now right now, but there's, I don't know, but I do think there are some serious issues that could have crippled this team. They didn't. This team is fighting for bill eligibility. It's disappointing. I don't like being six and six as a ceiling. I, I hate the six and six ceiling. We're five and six right now. We have to win to get, you know, to be bull eligible. It's a terrible situation to be in, quite frankly. It's not a situation we should be used to in Logan. But if we look at this team, this team could have been, you know, this could be a three, one team looking at some of the issues. Yeah. Now I know looking at the talent, this could have been a 10 win team quite possibly. We, we saw very, very high talent and, and high upside at times, but um, I guess we'll see is where I'm coming down on all this. Well, we have another game to play and we'll see what happens and yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I, I think that's probably the, the ending, basically the ending thought that I would have on, on this game. And, and honestly, I know there's one game left on this team. <laughs> you know, I don't think my opinion is going to change in one game, win or lose against New Mexico. Um, I, I think basically the way I would put it, Utah state has a, a very good opportunity here with this team. I, I think that this roster has a, 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 a very real potential. I, I do. I believe in the talent that they have on this team. I believe in the ability of, you know, the 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 development in a lot of spots and the the talent assessment. I think that it has been tremendous in a lot of the positions that we have talked about positively. Receiver, running back, uh secondary's been really good this season. I, I think that there is there's a great opportunity on, on the horizon for this bunch. And my 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 thought is don't waste that. Don't waste that. Don't sit on your hands. Don't just let it ride and assume that it will get better. And I don't think they're going to. Um, go and take it. Go and take that chance. And give your guys the best chance that you can to succeed. Um, don't get in their way, <laughs> you know, just, just set them up for success and let them go and, and let, let that, let that play out. 
I think they could be really good next year, but it will yeah. it will require some changes. It's not it's not huge changes. It's not a it's not a complete you know you gotta you gotta totally shuffle the deck. It's not. It's it's just make some tweaks and and maybe you know just just minor stuff discipline and yeah. setting up setting a foundation setting guys up for success because i think that there is a there's a lot of opportunity here i, I really do i think there's a lot of opportunity with you know a very large portion of this staff still intact a very large portion of this roster still intact that this could be a, a mountain west contender next season don't waste yep, it. Absolutely. absolutely. That would be, could be that would be how I that would be how I put it. Don't waste it. And and that is both positive and negative. That is optimistic and pessimistic. Don't waste it. And I'm not yep. I'm not going to predict whether they will or won't. I I I would, you know, I believe that they very well could could take advantage. I do. I really do. I I'm not just saying that. I really do. Um but do it. You know, that's where I'm at. Do yeah. it. I want to see it. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. You've gone through the rebuilding year. Everybody is, 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 um, agitated, but just, you set it up. Let's go, let's go see it. You know, let's go through yeah. the off season. Let's see a good off season. Let's not see a bunch of guys leave and then put them out there. And I think you could have a really good football team, but I, I'm ready to see it. That's where I'm at. I, I, I would, yeah. I, I think that the, the groundwork needs to be set, and I don't think that another groundwork season is really acceptable at this point after this yeah. one. Yeah, like you said, everyone's frustrated, everyone's agitated, but we're still on board, I think, with this with this uh, era of college football and yeah. you know Utah State, and that's a good thing. Yeah, um, I think that I, I think that just about covers it for for the bad news. I, I the one thing I wanted to get to that we didn't really get to was was some of the quarterback stuff. I think we should save that for the next show. Yeah. I think it'll be more productive to wait and talk about instead of looking back at, at the quarterbacks, let's try to look forward this week as we prepare for New Mexico. So we will have more on the quarterback situation as we prepare for that. Yeah. Um, and then I think for me, the last thing I want to say um, on that football game is just a shout out to any of the listeners that were, were hoping for a more in-depth analysis of that specific game you're sick for wanting that you're absolutely sick for wanting us to break down that game more than we did um that's all we're gonna get we we definitely took a big picture um approach yeah. to, to breaking down that game we can i don't want to dissect that game anymore than i already did we we, we can only take so much <laughs> yeah if you want to if you want an in-depth score if you want an in-depth analysis of that game go look at the score and that that's yeah. all that's go, it go that's, read that's all go, i can offer yeah, you go read through the box score um yeah yeah, it, yeah. it's uh we, we want to put ourselves in positions to succeed here and i don't think talking through the full <laughs> game is necessarily a way to do that um yeah i i uh I think this is probably more productive, uh, and I, I hope that uh, I hope that you all listening agree with us on yeah, you know there, on, on this being more productive. Bit. Even if you don't agree with our opinions, <laughs> that's that's yeah. that's and fine. you don't have to. Yeah, that's fine. I'm wrong all the time. Oh yeah, we love to be wrong. We're <laughs> we're, yeah. we're 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 uh, not shooting from the hip. We do a lot of of research, but like it's sports. The ball bounces weird sometimes. It's hard to, it's hard to do. Yeah. Um, but well, Patrick, uh, you know where we weren't wrong? No, I, I know exactly where we weren't wrong, Parker. That would be the basketball team. Um, Utah state basketball is oh. very, very good. Let's get back. Let, let's yes. get football out of the way for now. We will be back on that. Yeah. Utah but... state basketball is very, very good. And mm. we knew it would be very good. I think a lot of people did. This is a program that, uh, you you don't lose faith in the fans don't lose faith in Utah State basketball. 
Um, they love Utah State basketball. I think we all thought they would be good. Um, I don't know how many people thought they would be this good. Patrick. I didn't. Um, I was higher on this team than just about <laughs> anybody, and I didn't think they were going to do this. I will yeah, say. That. So go ahead, go ahead and tell us what they did over the weekend. You coughed up the uh, the, oh. the the ransom money to watch a somewhat uh, functional stream of this team. <laughs> tell us what they did in the Cayman Islands this weekend, because Most- I think I think we. Uh, we need to hear some good news. Yeah, mostly functional. Um, I did. I did. <laughs> I paid the $30 ransom, and then I live-tweeted the game so that everybody who did not pay it should, could follow along. I hope that that was helpful for people. Um, oh, yeah. That was uh, – I will say I am glad I don't usually have to do that for games because that is stressful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially when they're playing a three-point game and it's down to the last possession. That is not oh, yeah. an enjoyable couple of uh, couple of hours to spend. I am I'm beat. Uh, I, I, my brain is just about, just about done at this point, but, um, yeah, the basketball team is, is, is really, really, really good. They are really good. They are way further along than I thought they would be at this point in the season. And again, I say that as somebody who was very high on this team and very high on its coaches and on a lot of the players, um, and, and saw a great deal of potential for what they could do this season. I, they have exceeded my wildest expectations. They are the way I've been saying it. They are so much further along than I think they have any business being. They absolutely should not be this good this fast. It is, it is crazy that they are doing this. (laughs) It is crazy how good these guys are. Their only loss was in overtime on the road against a good Bradley team. A Bradley team that I believe I'm going to check the Ken Palm real quick. Yeah, got a big win uh, in a neutral site game against Tulane yesterday. Yeah, as we record this on Tuesday night. What's, At, what's their Ken Palm? I was just about to pull it up. They're 76th. Uh, oh. Bra- yeah, Bradley 76th. Utah State up to 61st, and it is up to 61st because of what it did in the Cayman Islands. Oh, they're in they're the, flying up. They that sure chart. are. They went from 112th to 61st in three days. Um, that's yeah. that's pretty good. I would say that <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, so what they did, if yeah, you are, yeah, if you, if you are listening to this from under the rock that you live under, uh, <laughs> then, uh, I'll, I'll give you a tiny bit of background. Utah state was in the Cayman Islands classic this week. It, uh, played three games. It won its first round game against Marshall 83 to 60. We're not going to talk about that one in a ton of detail because it wasn't really, it wasn't super competitive. I will say it was an impressive win from Utah state. They really did not really did not mess around with Marshall too much. That was, that game was, was close at, at, you know, a point in the second half. And then Utah state just decided that it was over. And then it was over when Utah state said that game was over. It ended. Um, and then beat Akron in a, a awesome basketball game, 65 to 62 in the second round. And then in the championship game of this, uh, this non-conference tournament, there's a more formal name for it. The MTEs. I don't know. Multi-team events. I think, uh, I don't really like that phrase. I don't know where that came from um non-conference tournament is fine we could just say that i don't know why we need to be doing this <laughs> conference and non-conference tournament is a good way to describe it um but uh championship game uh utah state 79 Stephen f austin 49 uh utah state claims the championship 
Great Osabar is heading home with a pair of tickets to paradise from anywhere in the world. He's got he's got first class seats back to the Cayman Islands whenever he wants to go. That's a wonderful that's, such a, good, that's, that's a wonderful award for for that is uh, such for a cool MVP. award. That's an awesome, awesome thing to give a guy a guy in college. That like, so that's cool. Great Osabar is going to make some girl very happy next next summer doing that. <laughs> that's going to be awesome. Uh, very happy for him. Cool. Um, that's, uh, or his mom, that would be great to, I guess she's technically a woman, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to make somebody he's really happy. Somebody very happy. Yeah, he's yeah, going to make somebody that, really, really happy. He, or, he just made a lot of friends. I'll tell you that he's going to have yeah. a lot of friends coming out of nowhere. Yeah. Hey, great. Been a while. How you doing, man? Yeah. Or <laughs> he's a big man. Maybe he just takes both seats. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. would be, that would be fine too. I dial um, and the window. He, you know what? He can do whatever he wants after the way that he played in that tournament. Mm-hmm. Great. Osabar can fly the plane. I don't care. He could do. He can do anything that he wants. Um, yeah. he, he cannot fail. Yeah, <laughs> he is. I trust him. If he's flying the plane, you know what? I think he's going to get it done. I believe in him. Yep, I'm um, climbing on board. That's that's fine. Okay. Yep. I believe. I believe in that guy. I think he's stout. I I think he can handle it. Uh, he's not gonna. He's not gonna fold under the pressure. Um, so Utah State heads home to Logan with some hardware. They have a week off before they have to play again at St. Louis. Um, they. They dominated, man. They 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 played like a team on a mission. They played. They were they were mature. They were poised. They were physical as all get out in all three games. They had gas, plenty of gas left in the tank for the third game. I thought that on a on a management of the of uh, a tournament management side, they were brilliant. I, I thought the way that they saved players for moments. The way that they deployed guys in key spots, the the time management was fantastic. I thought that their preparation for all three games was just aces. It was it was fan, it was it was excellent. And, and Sprinkle said before the tournament started that the way that they were doing that basically was, um, I think Chris Haslam had the Marshall Scout, and then they broke up the uh, the the Akron and FIU and split those off to two other coaches on the staff. And then I think uh, as they advanced and they saw who was up in the other half of the bracket, they did the same uh, with, with the two potential opponents. The the scout was perfect. I think for all three games, they went in with the exact right approach. Um, their their preparation showed on the court they looked ready to go they looked like i mean they looked like a veteran team that has been playing together for a very long time and not a team that is six games into its its existence these guys have not played before great osabar and darius brown are the only guys on this team who have played college basketball together nobody else on this team has done it and they just went yeah, into the Cayman Islands Classic, so and they beat crazy. a they, they beat a Marshall team that goes in a million miles per hour. They beat an extremely impressive Akron team. I could not have come away more impressed with Akron from that game. Physical. Those guys are going to win the MAC, and they're going to be in the NCAA tournament in a couple months. Um, and then they uh, they just took it to Stephen F. Austin. They really did. They lowered my estimation of Stephen F. Austin significantly, um, which is a compliment. They. They made them look bad. They made them look like a bad team, and I don't think they are. I think they're probably going to win a lot of games this year too. Yeah. Um. This was, I I, I said, on on Twitter. What did, I, what did Stephen F. Austin drop to in Ken Palm? Sorry, ninety one. They were sixty seventh okay. before this game, and they dropped to ninety one. <laughs> 
significant drop. Tough yeah. day at the office for Stephen yeah. F. Austin. Whoa. That's yeah. a tough day at the office. Utah State, meanwhile, jumps up from 87 to 61 after that performance, which I think is also probably fair. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, they were just professional, I think, would be the way to put it. They they looked professional. They looked prepared. Um, I said on Twitter they were totally fearless in all three of these games at no point was the moment ever too big at no point was the opponent scary to them they never flinched um they were poised under pressure they delivered in big moments they were uh, the more physical team i think in all three of these games and they leave looking to me like a team that's going to be playing a lot of games in march man they looked like a team that is built to to do some serious damage this season, um, that they are already this capable, that they are already winning games like this against tough teams, against you know difficult opponents in a, in a neutral side environment. You think about last year's team, which was excellent. <laughs> it was a very good team. They didn't do that. They lost to a Q, they, they took a Q4 loss against SMU. And it's not, you know, it's apples to oranges. Kind of. Yeah. I think that this hey, tournament field, honestly, was a little of, bit yeah. was a little bit tougher than that one was. And this is a team with 13 new players, and they just rolled them. They just rolled them. They were the best team in yeah. the tournament. They were clearly the best team in the tournament. The best team obviously won. Um, and the best team was Utah State, and that is crazy. That is crazy that they're this good this early. Yeah, I again, like we we knew they were going to be good. Um, and I I remember telling people, you know, hey what's Utah state basketball going to look like? Oh, they're going to be good, but you know, always the, Oh, they're going to be good. But, um, and then having to explain to people that everybody left and they didn't bring, you know, no one came back and they've never really played basketball together. Never mind. Yep. Just, just the first part of that sentence is true. Now they are going to be good. Yep. Period. They're already like, good. They, they did not. <laughs> uh, I don't know what they did in the off season to get like, years of basketball experience together mm. um it makes me wonder it makes me really wonder what every other team is well what what's everyone else doing like are you guys not hanging out together or like ever um yeah what's going on these with you guys, guys are yeah. <laughs> it's a skill, yeah, like, skill they, issue they make... doesn't seem that far <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah just get along dude just, yeah, so just 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 um, do it just everybody just, everybody have perfect buy-in and immediately appreciate what you're what you're supposed to be doing and all of your coaches do a, a, a great job of development and establishing goals and just yeah everybody just just work immediately everything just should just work like uh, they are yeah. I, i'm gonna I'm, i <laughs> this, still this have team a, kind of embodies that yeah, yeah go ahead. i i haven't written the cover story yet i know one of the lines in there is that Danny Sprinkle is making a very hard job look easy, and his team is making a very that, hard job a lot easier than it probably should yeah, be. That's um, a fantastic way to put it. Like they're they're the embodiment the embodiment of just just like work. Yeah. Like like solve the problem by solving the problem. Yep. Like have you tried that? Have you tried winning games by winning games? <laughs> you're you're the, overthinking basketball. Yeah. Like have you tried just being? Have you tried just being the best team? on the court yeah. at all times just just like, yeah just try harder than the other team and want it more yeah. and then play extremely sound on both ends of the floor and you'll win games yeah, yeah that makes sense um, it's not that hard to, <laughs> to be better just be be good at basketball yeah and, and like i do think honestly I, we're, we're, we're we're joking around a little bit but like i think these guys this this team is making the job 
so much easier. And I don't say that to to diminish anything that the coaching staff is doing. They are they're they're working. They're doing an excellent job. But the level of buy-in from this roster, we've talked about this at times earlier on in the season already, but you're seeing it again. You saw it again throughout this tournament. These guys are in. They're yeah. they're sold. You don't have to do any convincing. You don't have to can you don't have to get them to 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 take the teaching. They're just doing it. <laughs> they're just doing it. They're okay. Yep. Tell me what to do. Yep. I'm going to go out and do it. And if I can't do it, I'm going to work really, really hard. And then I'm going to be able to do it. The effort level is always going to be there. And that makes it so much easier to put this team together where your growing pains are not establishing structural things. They're not establishing those habits. It's just learning how to play together. That's an, that's a much easier thing to work through is figuring out who is who's good at what where you know what 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 kind of passes your teammates like um who who can who can step into a gap on defense a little bit quicker uh how you need to play it you know instinct stuff stuff that you feel out as the season goes on when that's what you're working on and the structure is this sound this early yeah it gets a whole lot easier <laughs> it gets a whole lot easier when your growing pains are not uh, convincing guys to play hard on defense and convincing guys of what you want to do. They're, they're there. You don't need to convince them. You have sold it already. Yeah. They are, they are bought, they are bought in and they are physical. They are playing with a ton of intensity. They're deep. Everybody it's, it's everybody. It's not just the starting five. It's not just the Montana state guys. Everybody on the team is pointed in the same direction and they're all getting better at the same time. Yeah. It's, it really is. And like for how much we talk about, you know, and, and again, I don't want to go back to, to football or necessarily harp on, on that staff more than we did. But if, if what's happening on, on the court or on the field uh, is a reflection of coaching um, what's happening right now is, is a strong reflection that this coaching staff is very, very good. And they have this team bought in at a very, very high level, which as as you know a utah state fan you know the the fans that's kind of the, the the main thing they worry about it's first you know they how good is the player does the player want to be here um we've been burned before by players by coaches and that that buy-in is crucial uh at utah state and this team has it this team just whatever it is this team has it man they are man they are good yeah they are they're very very good mason described great uh yesterday as just he's a dog uh they're dogs <laughs> the whole team yep. is dogs it's all dogs. dogs oops all dogs um yeah. it's, just, it's just exclusively just just guys who are who are playing with their hair on fire and who are playing for each other who are finding their roles and finding comfort and confidence in those roles um, guys who are doing things that they've not yeah. really had to do before, right? Like like new roles. Isaac Johnson's playing defense for the first time in his career, and he's struggling at times. And they're they're but they're not they're not putting him in a position to fail. They're not sending him out there for extended minutes and just yelling at him when it doesn't work, right? They're they're not just they're not just sending him out there and then getting frustrated that it's not paying off, that he's not immediately taking those steps. They're they're keeping him safe. They're putting him in a structure, and they're getting him minutes. They're getting him exposure. They're bringing him along. They're giving him things to do that he's good at. They're setting him up for threes. They're setting him up for fadeaways. 
that the turnaround mid-range game for that kid is is ridiculous for how big he is <laughs> that he keeps hitting those shots it seems like he yeah. just does that he's just he just does it he's it's not a problem it's not like oh he got lucky no he just hits those that's that's his that's his shot and that's a really hard shot to defend when the guy's seven feet tall that's a hard shot to defend from Jamal Mashburn and he's you know, knee high to a toad. Um, like that's, that's, it's hard. It's hard to do. <laughs> it's hard to defend that shot. I know that, uh, you know, the, 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 the mid range game is not the high percentage shot, but like, if a guy's good at it, a guy's good at it. That's, that's, that's the way that it is. If he's good at it, he is, and it falls. And then it's a quality shot for him. Um, and for Isaac, that's a quality shot, but they're not asking him to do too much. They're not asking Nigel Burris to shoot his way out of a slump. They're keeping him safe. They're they're building confidence behind the scenes. Um Khalifa Sacco, I they really didn't want to have to put him in at the end of the Akron game. And I would I would bet a good deal of money that after the game, uh, you know, Chris Haslam and Danny Sprinkle and whoever else made very clear to him that that was not his fault. What happened there? That was that was a, a bad situation and he did the best he could. He should not have had to be in that spot where he's defending, I think probably the player of the year <laughs> in the Mac with the game on the line in, in Enrique Freeman. That's just not what they wanted, but great had four fouls. And so he had to do what he had to do. Um, yeah. Max, I mean, I've written about the, 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 pa- <clears throat> the path that they have Max on. I think it's brilliant. I, I think that what they are doing with him to, to rebuild confidence after the season that he had at, at Wyoming uh, where you, I mean, it, he was he was a shell of himself. He was a shattered man. His his basketball confidence was gone, and he was not the player he had been. And that was the guy who Utah State got. That was the they got the guy who needed to be rebuilt. They they got the guy who yeah. needed to be. Uh, you know, talked back up and brought back up slowly, not forced to run the offense, not forced to be the lead scorer. Really, honestly, not asked to do all that much of anything on offense right now. Just get points where you can. Let the game come to you. Yeah. Move the ball. Don't make. Don't don't try to do too much. You don't need to press. Just play your game. Play with intensity. And then on defense, play with your hair on fire because you're six foot nine and you're really fast and you're really good at defense. Just do yeah. that. Build confidence through that. Play where you can play. Pitch in where you can and let the other guys, you know, pick up the slack where they need to. And all of the guys on the team seem to be fully fully confident in their teammates and their ability to do that and that is the that's how you bring guys along that's how you develop players in a season is with guys like Max give him something that he's good at to do and let him do it Max Ogbong Polo I don't know how many steals he had in this tournament that he turned immediately into dunks at the other end it was like six or seven. It, it's like, he did that. He did it like six or seven times. They they ran the one three one with him as the tip of the spear against Akron, and John Gross looked like Danny Sprinkle had had killed his dog in front of him. John Gross was 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 just he was he was dismayed. He was horrified to see the six foot nine guy as the tip of the spear. <laughs> In the one three one, Akron's players walked over to that sideline, looking like they had gotten hit by a bus. They were just miserable. <laughs> they were yeah. Just miserable. What, what are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do with yeah. a guy like Max Polo as the as the tip of the spear? Nothing. Are you kidding me? Nothing. What do you? How do you get by that? Yeah, because guess what? He's just as fast as you are. He's he's just <laughs> yeah. as fast as your guard is. He's just as fast. And he, only and he, yeah. <laughs> only taller <laughs> and he's built like slenderman that's good luck yeah. good luck yeah. that is not gonna go well 
And that's what they're doing. They're putting him out there in a spot that he's good in, in a spot that he knows he can do, that they know he can do, that they can trust him in. And he's pitching in. He's contributing. He's he's giving them yeah. huge minutes defensively. He made a huge impact in this in this tournament. Um, Ian Martinez hasn't really needed it because he's been awesome <laughs> from pretty much from the start. But yeah. he, he's he's playing really well. He's giving them huge minutes. I thought he had two fantastic second halves in the last two games of this tournament. Um, guy who, uh, you know, we had seen struggle a little bit against Bradley specifically and, and kind of, I, I think he, he sort of, it was kind of a welcome to division one basketball moment. Uh, Mason Falslev, who did not play well against Bradley, the response, the way that he has bounced back from that and the yeah. way that he played in this tournament, the, the, the confidence that they're building in him that you can see in his game, the aggression when he when he gets going when he decides that it's time to attack his defense is so much better his defense was so much better in this tournament than it was against southern utah and he's just he's he's growing in front of you you can see him doing it you can see him getting better with every game you can see the confidence in the system building he's he's speeding up he's catching up to the pace of the game and it is just it, it was a it was a masterpiece. It was a masterpiece tournament from the coaching staff and from the players. I really, yeah. I could not be more, I could not be more impressed with them, with this team, and with the approach that they are taking to to building this. Not just you know to to try and scrounge together some wins. It all feels sustainable. It all feels like yes. stuff that yes, will pay dividends down the road, and they're winning games. <laughs> you know, like they, they're doing stuff that will work out even better down the road when they're hitting more shots. They're 40th in assist rate. 60.5% of their shots are coming on assists and they're yep. 276 from three. That will get better. They're going to start hitting more of those shots. They're going to start hitting more free throws and they're getting to the stripe consistently. They are, they're doing all of the structural things right. And they're trusting that the little things will come as these guys get more confident. That is, I, I have no notes. I have nothing that I would change about that. I think it's perfect. I think that is absolutely the perfect way to handle this team is you start with the intensity, you start with the defense, you start with the with the the structure stuff that can't be moved on, and then you build everything on top of that and you build confidence through that. They're doing it perfectly. Yeah, this this is going to be a very, very good team. I just want to circle back real quick. You mentioned Mason Falslev and like what he's done oh, um, specifically through that Bradley from that Bradley loss um, against Bradley. He was over four. He scored zero points, zero points, one rebound, two assists and a block. Yeah. No steals. Um, moving into the Cayman Islands classic. He has 11 points, nine points and then 19 points. He was just a different, different player. Yeah. Um, and he's attacking game against Stephen F. Austin, nine rebounds, six assists, a block, two steals, 19 points, eight of 10 field, uh, from the field. That is quite the stat that is line, unbelievable. man. Unbelievable. <laughs> You're shooting 80% from the field. One of three from three point, which is also great. Yeah. Nine rebounds, six assists, a block, two steals on 19 with 19 points. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's a different player. He was, he and that, was that, that that's that's from him and the coaching staff. That's just that's just all around. Wow. He was plus th- he was plus thirty nine in that game. <laughs> oh, gosh. 
<laughs> Redshirt freshman played 32 minutes against a top 75 offense and defense coming into the game and left by uh, with when he was on the floor, Utah State had almost a 40-point advantage. Plus wow. 39. That <laughs> is huge. Josh I mean, Adushi basically didn't play. A lot, but... Wow. Mason was was just he was just carrying it. Josh basically didn't play. He played 11 and a half minutes. He, you know, he was struggling and they took him out and they went with Mason and Mason was he was ready to go. He was completely ready yeah. to go. Those nerves are gone. He's got it. He's got it figured out. He has he has worked through it and he is a he is a valued member of the team. <laughs> and it took 4 games, you know. It took four games, and there will still be stumbling blocks. There will still be times where he doesn't shoot eight from ten, but he's attacking the hoop. He's playing on the front foot. He's playing with aggression. You can see it clicking into place. Um, I do want to talk just a little bit. We've we've gone. We've already gone. It's a late night recording. It's going to go long. Like they always yeah, do. Um, always, yeah. I do want to talk a little bit specifically about the last two games, more so the last one than the second one, because um, I think there's good stuff in here. Uh, the the Akron game. We already touched on a little bit with the one three one, which was really kind of my main takeaway from that game was that I loved it. I loved that 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 was the time to deploy it. They forced like four turnovers with it. Um, that 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 with the the one three one with Max as the tip of the spear, great in the back end, and then some combination of Darius, Mason, Josh, or Ian or Javon Jackson in the middle is. I mean. I don't know what you do about it. That's that's so much. That's so much to have to deal with as an opposing offense. And the answer for Akron was nothing. You do nothing about it. You throw the ball away or you, you step out of bounds or you look like you got hit by a bus or Danny Sprinkle killed your dog. Um, they had nothing for it. They were dejected. There, there, was no, there was no answer. There was no response. They had nothing. There was, there's no good answer for it, and I don't think there's going to be any good answer for it this season. And yeah, that was the first oh time God. they've really done that significantly in a game, and they broke it out against a team that I think is going to win the MAC and that has the best player in the MAC. and that was this game was never, ever, ever not tight. It was a one-score game for 76% of the 40 minutes, um, and the, uh, the 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 chutzpah to call that in that game to send that out, and then for it to work perfectly, the confidence to do that is crazy. That's crazy, and it worked. It worked perfectly. <laughs> That's yeah. nuts. Yeah, and like you said, you're going to see that more than one. You're going to see that more. Yeah. I'll say, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I can confidently say that much at least. Yeah, and, and that game was a chess match, as some others have, have said, I think correctly so, and Utah State won. Uh, Utah State won the chess match. I think Utah State oh, wanted yeah. the game more. Uh, the, the players did. I thought their physicality was excellent against a very, very difficult team to play. Um The the other one, from, the other big, big storyline from the Akron game, of course, is Great Osabar, who <laughs> was kind of just looming over this entire tournament, uh, you know, running the show like a puppeteer, right? Just, just he's he's making everybody do what they what he wants them to do uh, defensively, where 
there's no answer for his spin. There's no answer really for anything that he's doing offensively if you're an opposing player other than uh, fouling him, which is not really a great solution to the problem, (laughs) as some teams have already learned. Many have tried and many have failed. That's Um, not going to work. Akron tried to double him for basically the entire second half, and so Utah State just ran the offense through him, and he had one turnover (laughs) in the entire game, and the offense was, was moving when it tried that. Good luck, man. Good luck. That's that's such a great response. That's awesome. uh, yeah. Good luck with that. I'll say for for teams yeah. trying to scout this guy, trying to figure out a solution. If you can't double him, I don't know what you can do against him other than yeah. just uh, you have to hope that you have one of those. Is essentially the, that's the yeah. calculus pretty yeah. much. And, moving and there's forward. guys in the Mountain West that that will, but this dude's a special guy. He's averaging 21 points. He's averaging a double double with 21 points and 10 rebounds. He's yeah. He's very, very good. Let me He's... see if I let me see if I have it. I just uh, retweeted uh, Jason Walker had a had a great stat poll. Let me see if I can find it again on on great and the the pace that he is on here. Um, yeah, this is this is really good. Uh, in the first six games of the season, again, this is from Jason Walker of uh, Cash Valley Daily. Go follow him on Twitter if you're not already. Uh, J Walker underscore Sports. Uh, in the first six games of the season, Great Osabar is averaging 20.5 points, 10.0 rebounds, 3.0 assists, and 2.3 blocks. He's the only player... Uh, Parker, you're not going to believe this stat. He's the only player in the NCAA since at least 2010 to average at least 20, 10, 3, and 2 through the opening six games of the year. He's the only one. It's just him. Nobody else has done it. I... I don't know if I would have believed you if you would have said the only Aggie to do that. I, you know, I would have thought somebody. Yeah, you, you like it, maybe maybe Nemius did or football. something. Maybe yeah, Justin. I, I, my, yeah, my my I would have gone Nemi or maybe like Ty Wesley. Yeah. Um. Nobody. I guess. Yeah. Nobody. Ty Wesley depends on. Yeah, he was after twenty ten. Yeah. Nobody no, he wasn't. I, nobody. Uh, no, he was nobody he, since twenty ten. Nobody since twenty ten. I would guess it's been a minute, even going back before that. Um, oh man! Uh, <laughs> Wait, read that stat line again. Read okay. that line. Again. Let me let me pull that back up. Uh, so he. Wow. I gotta go find that. That's that's unbelievable. That's a great stat pull from Jason. He he's he's very good with the stats. Um, he is very good. Yeah, first yeah. game, first six games of the season, averaging twenty point five points, ten rebounds, three assists, and two point three blocks. Only player in the NCAA since at least twenty ten, which means it goes back further than that. Twenty ten is just the last that the data goes. Uh, to average at least twenty. 10, 3, and 2 through the opening six games of the year. So it's not like an on-pace for stat. He's the only one to do it through six games. Nobody else has done yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And let, let me also just add that that is not like a gimmicky, you're not, av- like, he's the only player no. to have, you know, whatever, whatever. No. You know. That, that, that's, those are normal that, stats, that is legit. right? Yeah, <laughs> those are normal stats. 20 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists, and 2 blocks. Really, Yeah, those are, those are legit. And, like, yeah, yeah. there's... There's guys that have probably had, you know, 20 and 10, obviously, but the assists and blocks aren't, those matter. And those are important, especially for, for a guy of that size to be able to dish the ball out like that and, and get some blocks. Like that's, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. That those are, those crazy. are like, those are skilled big man stats, right? Like that's, that makes sense. It's not, it doesn't feel unsustainable. I mean, you look at who he just did it against. I've talked about Enrique Freeman. I've, I've really, you know, I've heaped praise on him. He was the defensive player of the year in the MAC two years ago. He's he was an all Mac, you know, first team all Mac guy last year. He's an excellent defender, 
and Great went for 24 on him. He went for 24 points, two assists, only one turnover. He had 11 rebounds. Uh, like he was doing it against the best defender in the tournament. That isn't him. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's you not know, him. and then yeah. they like that. That was you know the 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 Akron game was I think very physically impressive that they were able to overcome that that opponent and that level of of talent and and continuity. Akron's team has been together for a while. Um, yeah. that is a team that, that has played basketball, played in big games before and Utah state stepped into what really felt like a heavyweight fight and just went 12 rounds and won. Um, yeah. that is not easy to do. That is really not easy to do. Um, yeah. and, and then to follow that up with the game, I want to, I want to close our, our basketball discussion on, um, for now, uh, there will be more <laughs> for sure <laughs> down the road. Um, but the, the, the game that happened uh, just a little bit before we started recording here tonight, uh, the championship game, 79-49, to Utah State beats Stephen F. Austin. Um, I don't really even know where to, where to start. Uh, Stephen, I'll, I'll start with a little bit of context on Stephen F. Austin. This team, the way that they have always operated under Kyle Keller, who's the head coach, and they, they do this with a lot of success. Um, they've won a lot of games. They were, you know, famously, they were right up there with, uh, with, with poor Utah State in 2020 as teams that had what should have been really impressive NCAA tournament teams ripped away from them. Uh, 2020, Stephen F. Austin was 28-3, and three, uh, and they didn't get to play in the NCAA tournament. But they, they, <clears throat> they win a lot of games, right? They, they were 19-13 and 13 last year, 22-10 and 10 the year before that, 16-5, and 28-3. They win a lot of games, and they do it the same way every year. They turn the ball over a ton on offense because they are looking for big plays. They are looking for scoring runs. They have very talented individual scorers and athletes who can create shots for themselves. Usually they rebound the ball really well offensively, and they have a lot of size. Um, They get to the free throw line consistently. They're not doing that quite as well this season. Uh, And then defensively is really where they they make their money Um, because this defense, I honestly, I, I don't really know that I need to be I don't know that I need to really couch my statement here. I don't think that Stephen F. Austin fans are tuning in for this one, um, especially not this far into the podcast. They probably checked out at the football part, <laughs> but if they were, but basically this is a dirty defense. That's their that's their thing that they do. This is a defense that wants to uh, throw you off of your game by fouling you a bunch and by setting the standard very high for what is and isn't a foul. Um, they are consistently in the 300s uh, for free throw rate, including this season, free throw rate allowed. Um, and then they force a bunch of turnovers. They've been top 10 for turnovers forced for the last four seasons. Uh, they they want to punch you in the mouth. They're bullies. It's bully ball, right? That's it's, that's the whole thing. They have, group, they have really good athletes, and they put them in a system where they allow them to play, I would say, recklessly uh, for the sake of setting a tone that usually wins them a lot of games. It, it, there's an intimidation factor with Stephen F. Austin that has to be noted so that the next thing that I say has more weight so you understand why we are so fired up about the way that Utah State played in this game and why I'm so impressed with what they did. All of that in mind, the the bully ball, the, the all of that, Utah State went into this game against that team with all of that context, took one look at them, and put them in a dumpster. 
and just said, no, we're going to actually do that to you. I know your whole thing is the bully ball. We're going to push you around for the next 40 minutes, uh, and we're going to stomp you into the court, and you're not going to do anything about it because uh, we're tougher than you are. And that was the message they sent from the very start. Danny Sprinkle said this after the game. You have to throw the first punch against these guys. Um, that was his exact words. <laughs> you have to throw the first punch against these guys, and then you have to keep punching, was what he said. Um, and they did. They went in there. And they, uh, I mean, I don't know how to, I don't know how to describe it without vulgarity. <laughs> they, they, this was a vulgar game from Utah State. They went in there and they embarrassed these guys. They absolutely embarrassed these guys. They wanted to, Stephen F. Austin's players wanted to be anywhere else in, in the second half down the stretch of this game. Uh, he, heads down, shoulders slumped. Body language not good. Coach is getting a technical foul. Fans in the crowd are getting a technical foul, getting thrown out of the game. Um, they wanted to be anywhere else because Utah State went in there and just beat the hell out of them. Absolutely no issue at all. More physical, much tougher, much more poised in big moments. Utah State called their bluff and just knocked them out. Absolute, never, never really even a, uh, never really even a challenge. Went in there, <laughs> found the biggest guy in the tournament, and just punched him right in the mouth, and he went down. Um, it was it was yeah. crazy impressive. It, I, I, it was yeah. unbelievable the way that they did that. That is some, I, I mean, that's some Stu Moral stuff. That is some stuff that those teams oh, used to yeah. do. That's that is a, that is crazy that they did that. That's a flattering comparison right there. That 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 is big time. I kept that like. Had to, I had to double take every time I would check the score. And it's not like I wasn't following along with this game. I was I was actively following along with this game. I didn't I didn't you know I didn't pay the ransom. So I'm on I'm basically on Twitter and the ESPN app or whatever. And I, I kept having to double take like surely they're not up 10 this early. Surely they're not up 20 right now. Surely they're not winning by 30. And like yeah. they they did. Yep. Sure enough, they they came in there and they just did not hesitate. They just yeah. No fear. Punch Stephen F. Austin right in the mouth. Just yeah. wow. Yeah. No. No fear at all. A- absolutely did not flinch for a second. There was a time. There was a moment in this game. I think in the first half, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, it was the first half where uh, Mason got a steal on an inbound. I think it was the first half. I'm pretty sure. Um, Mason got a steal on an inbound and had a, a clear path to the hoop on, on a fast break. There was only one defender back, uh, Clayton Southwick. And Mason goes up for a layup, and Southwick is not trying to defend the ball at all, not trying to defend the shot, just shoves him into the into the, the back of the hoop, basically. Just just, just it, extremely dangerous play, um, really nasty from, from Southwick, if I'm being honest. And he... he played a real stinker um not a very good player from <laughs> from what i have seen of him i think he's kind of just a, a hired goon that they have on their roster and they have a couple of those guys um it's kind of the hired goon roster uh but uh you know really nasty play chance for for that to kind of get out of hand uh, you know when when that happens and utah state responds by hitting the free throw uh, the 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 free throws i guess the two technical free throws or, or whatever they called it maybe a flagrant or an intentional foul, whatever. Um, they get the ball back and Darius Brown scores on a floater, uh, for a, for a four point, for a four point possession. Um, and tempers do not flare from Utah state. They get up, 
they they wipe the the little bit of blood off their mouth and they say okay we're going to put you down now that's going that's a little bit too much uh you got a little bit too you got a little bit too crazy we are going to choke you out over the next uh, 20 however many minutes and they did yeah they said yeah. okay put, ba- put baby to bed Love yeah, that. they said, okay, you're, if you are reduced to that, we've got you exactly where you where we want you. You are swinging beyond your legs to, to, to stay with the, rest, with the boxing. Um, you do not have the length for this. You do not have the quickness for this. You do not have the basketball talent for this. We're going to put you down. We're going to show you what a basketball team looks like. And yep. they just beat them at basketball. They said, nope, we're going to play a basketball game. We're going to beat you at basketball. We're going to out-rebound you. We're going to hold you to three assists. You're going to shoot 37 or 34% from the field, three of 17 from three. Uh, and you're going to have a miserable time the entire time. And we're going to send you home with nothing uh, and maybe shatter your entire season. Because that's the, that's the kind of loss that can completely break a team. Uh, Utah oh, yeah. State broke them. Oh, yeah. Utah State went in and just broke them. Um, nobody does that to these guys. Nobody does that. They are always the tougher team. They are always the one that has the mental edge. And Utah State just didn't let them in. No interest at all in it. No, did paid them no mind. Didn't talk. Didn't uh, just business like this is what a basketball team does. We're gonna play basketball. You guys can do whatever you want. We're gonna go up by thirty, and then we're gonna keep on going up. And you're not gonna have anything to do about it. Um, just called their bluff and, and completely embarrassed them. It was. It, I, I mean, if I'm if I'm Stephen F. Austin's coaches, I would be humiliated by this. Yeah. And I don't even yeah, know what you say it's, in it's that bad. locker room. I'm sure that they were just uh, horrified. Um, because Utah oh, State sure. outclassed them, absolutely outclassed them in every possible category that you can do it. It was a, it was, it was complete. It was a total dismantling. Yeah, against again, you know, to reiterate, a very good team. Yeah, a good team at the least. Like this is not, you know, we are not getting excited over an exhibition game or, you know, an Idaho State game like we, you know, in football. This was a very formidable team and they just dismantled them and yeah. they then that play you described with you know with mason false <clears throat> mason false left that's huge i mean that is that's a difference between good and great or may, maybe even like great and elite like that is that is a huge play to just be that much more emotionally mature yeah. and to just recognize like okay if that's the game you're playing you're clearly the little brother here and i'm going <laughs> to treat you like my little brother and yeah. I'm gonna stop going. You know, I'm not gonna go easy on you anymore. Yeah. And I'm gonna I'm gonna show you that I'm the big brother here. And game's over. I'm done playing this game. I'm not gonna do this. I'm like, I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna beat you, and then I'm gonna leave you on the driveway crying and go eat dinner. Yep. And that's what they did. Like that. That was that's elite. That is huge. And that's just emotional. Uh, just talent wise, that's that's coaching. It's playing. It's it's huge to be able to do that. Is is huge, and especially like I said, against a very good, very very good team. Um, that should not lose lose by thirty to to a lot of teams on their schedule. That's yeah, very impressive. Yeah. Okay. So it wasn't. I went and checked. It was. It was in the second half. It was uh, when Utah State turned a fifteen point lead into a nineteen point lead. That was when the game ended. When he did that. Yeah. Um. That was it. That was the. That was the end of it. Utah State just stepped on the gas and said, "We're not going to play with you anymore." <laughs> Not, yeah. We're not going to run the risk of you doing anything stupid that hurts us. Uh, we're just going to put you to bed, and that's it. And there's no point in 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 trying to reason with them. Just end it. And they did. Um, they they were they were so much better. They were so they were so much better. I can't express how much better they were. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was like they were playing different sports. Uh, it was that it was that level of of dominant. Um, man, it, it, I just defensively they were fa- Utah State was was fantastic. Forced uh, eighteen turnovers, had nine steals and seven blocks. Uh, held them again to three assists. This is a team with a lot of good scorers, Stephen F. Austin, and none of them did anything. If you if you did not know better, you wouldn't think they had anybody who could shoot a basketball. Um, yeah. The, it, it was they 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 made them look foolish. They made them look completely foolish. They just it's like the you know <laughs> like you, like you said with the little brother just holding them at arm's length while he's trying to run against you and you're just holding them back. Um, yeah. They they did not they refused to play their game. Uh, Utah State came in and set set the standard for what the game was going to be, and Stephen F. Austin had no recourse, none at all. Um, Mason was excellent, nineteen points. You said his stat line earlier, but nineteen points, nine assists or nine rebounds, six assists, and two steals and a block for a redshirt freshman who got better after that play, after that, after that moment, in in a time where, again, redshirt freshman. Could have gone really bad. Could have reacted the wrong way. You know, he's a young guy. He's not had that happen yeah. to him before. I, I like at least not at this level. To handle it with maturity, to rally around his teammates, and not to try and 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 push. He just kept playing. He kept playing his game. Uh, Darius Brown was great. Double double with points and assists, which has not happened at Utah State in a minute. Uh, Eleven points, ten assists for him, and five plus five rebounds and a steal. Uh, he was four of five shooting, just picked his spots. Uh, great in a quiet night for Great Osabar. 14.7 rebounds, two assists, three steals, and three blocks. That's a quiet game. That's a game yeah, afterward. That's about as quiet as it gets for him, though. It, in the press conference afterward, he was saying that he didn't think he played well. He, <laughs> <laughs> I thought I played badly. It was six of 11 from the field for oh, 14 man. points. Um, Ian well, Mark- you know what? If he thinks that's him playing bad, I then I hope he plays well the rest of the year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just yeah. don't do it again. Don't let it happen again. Right? <laughs> don't let it happen again. <laughs> yeah. Ian, Ian Martinez, 13 points, two rebounds, uh, two steals and an assist. Carson Templin, who didn't play all tournament. He didn't play at all. He didn't play in yeah. either of the first two games, steps in and gives them 15 minutes, eight points, four boards. That's not in a block. That's nuts. That's nuts that they just had him on the on the back burner. They didn't even need him in the first two games. <laughs> they yeah, didn't even need him. Is... They just had him. Uh, 54 points in the paint to 28. This... 12 on fast breaks, 23 on turnovers to 6 for Stephen F. Austin. Um, man, they're good. They're really, really good. They're really, really yeah. good, man. I, uh, I, I, I think that, you know, we talked about very early on in the season, how we were, we were, and they said this on the broadcast several times, maybe even too much, but we talked about this at the beginning (laughs) of the season that it would not be hard at all for Utah state fans to fall in love with this team. It would not at all. It would not, it it would not be a hard sell with the way that they play, the level of effort that they have, the way that they carry themselves. Um, They should be, they should be greeted with a full, throated spectrum welcome uh when they come back home on december 2nd they deserve a sold out crowd for for that uc irvine game there's one more before then at st louis um if we're talking about a six and one utah state team with a with a a, you know a trophy in the trophy case already and the way that it has played recently 
Um, they deserve the full support of the crowd for that game. That's a big game. And oh, they're, yeah. they're going to yeah, UC the, Irvine knocked off uh, USC when they were ranked 16th. They so sure that's did. A, yeah. That's a big matchup. Yeah. They deserve, fun. they deserve the complete support. They deserve the entire, the full experience. I really don't think it's going to take people long to adjust to the way that you cheer for this time to team, which is being really yeah. loud on defense on every possession. It's not just cheering for threes. You got to be loud on every possession. <laughs> and <Yeah. laughs> I don't think it's going to take that long for everybody to realize that they deserve it. They deserve the, they deserve the whole thing uh, when they get back home for that UC Irvine game. I hope they get it. Um, this, this team is just flying. They're flying. They, yeah. the Danny Sprinkle the job that he is doing, the job that these players are doing, um, I don't think they're going to have any issue with getting the the support from Utah State fans. I think Utah State fans are more than happy to embrace them. But man, do they deserve it! It, it is this is the this is the team you need to be going and watching. You you got it. You if you have the means, if you are in the area, go watch these plot these guys play. They are they are fantastic. They are absolutely fantastic. Yeah, these these guys are very very good. It's gonna be a fun season. They 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 play the right way. They're fun. It's gonna be great. Yeah, they're they're fun. <laughs> they're they're really fun. It is an yeah. enjoyable basketball watching experience. I I will I will say. Um, all right. I think that'll do it. Uh, we have uh, we've passed the two hour mark. <laughs> that'll work. <laughs> yeah, we've we've uh, we've overstayed our welcome. Thank you though. For, yes. Thank you for getting to this point in the show. Yes. we appreciate. it. Thank you for bearing with us uh, through the bad news, so that we could get to the good news. Good news was a whole lot of fun. I'll say that. Oh yeah, enjoy oh, yeah. enjoyed. It's, it's gonna be fun. Enjoyed talking about the good news. It's gonna be. Guess what? <laughs> it's gonna be all good news here pretty soon. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be a lot, a lot more good news. Give us a couple oh. more weeks, and it's going to be a lot of good news. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, good stuff, man. What a team. Really, really impressive. 